are two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming. I'm your host, 30 and Still Gaming, and joining me each and every single week is Sarge McCluskey. What's going on, bro? It's been a whole week. That's right. It's another month down. It's September 1st, if, 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 if you forgot. It's already September. Labor Day is... Uh, Labor Day? Yeah, Labor Day uh, is, is like Monday. For God's sake, the actual the actual beginning of the end of summer, not this. We're going back to school in right. the middle of summer shit that's happening. My kid's been in school for a month. Like, like he starts the fifth week next week. Like what? You guys can talk all the shit you want in the normal world of America. <laughs> right? in the normal world of America. The last barbecue weekend is Labor Day. Yeah. And then you go back to school. That's right. Right. That's how it's supposed to America. be. All this other stuff that's going on because they need more time or whatever they want to talk about, that's fine, but it's bullshit because America. Labor Day is the last barbecue day before you go back to school. Everybody knows it. True. You've just been conditioned not to believe it anymore. Yeah, they, they, I feel like they get out earlier and they go in earlier. Earlier. Yeah. Wait, no, they get out later. They get out later and go in earlier, but I know it's not, I don't know. They, they, they have 180 days, I think, of school. Something like that. Something like that. Or am I confusing that with baseball, which is 182 games? I, I'm not you sure can, anymore. You shift it wherever you want to shift 180 days of school. All right. Generation X Gaming is a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. Uh, we're here live every single Thursday. Uh, you can catch us on youtube.com slash 30 and still gaming. You know that because you're here right now. If you'd like to see us after this, you can come here and see the past broadcast, or you can listen to us uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and anywhere else where podcasts are heard. You can also watch us over on Spotify, spotify.com uh, slash 30 and still gaming or Generation X Gaming. Uh, we do appreciate you coming out. If you'd like to help us out above and beyond that, make sure you hit share, like, and subscribe. Above that, you can become a member. A member as little as 99 cents a month. Um, if you're not a member, uh, you can also be gifted members, or you can do super chats, or you can do special thanks after the fact. We do appreciate anyone that comes out. If you're here for one second, one minute, or one hour, we do appreciate your time hanging out with us each and every single week. So on today's show, Sarge, we got a couple of stories. We're going to be talking, uh, not all the stories that we cover might end up on the show. So I'm going to name a bunch of stuff, and then we're going to see if we can get to them all. Uh, we're going to be talking about Disney. We're going to be talking about Ubisoft has a couple changes. We're going to be talking about Sonic Frontiers. We're going to be talking about uh, lots of stories about Microsoft. Uh, Assassin's Creed as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about Halo. We're going to be talking about Activision Blizzard. We're going to be talking about uh, Phil Spencer. We're going to be talking about Skull and Bones. Uh, we're going to talk about Quantic Dream and NetEase. Uh, if we have time, we'll talk about Starfield being uh, out there. We're going to be talking about Marvel and Embracer Group. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Sony uh, acquiring somebody. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, cue the dog. Cue the dog. The dog's barking in the background. He, he wasn't barking this whole entire time uh, up until then. We're going to talk about also uh, the family plan uh, from Microsoft. Uh, and that's it. So lots of different stories that we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll branch in 
a couple things. But before we get to the top stories from the past week, uh, Sarge, what uh, what have you been playing? What have you been playing? I, I saw you for four days. Okay. And then, I came, and, then, and then I came back down here. For four days. Nothing. You, you played nothing. Nothing. I can't, I can't nothing. really say too much. I've been playing the exact same stuff. Nothing. Nothing this week. I came up to see you guys. I came back. I was in a coma for one day. <laughs> yeah, we had a nice we had a nice weekend in in the uh at a hotel. I went swimming and played miniature golf and and, and whatnot. Uh son's birthday this past weekend. Uh I played I I'll, I'll go. I played cuz I'll I'll bitch about this a little bit. So I've been playing Marvel's Avengers again. And the reason I've been playing Marvel's Avengers again is because you like the Hulk. What's that? Cuz you like the Hulk. Well, I like the Hulk. I I love the Hulk in the game. But the reason I'm playing the game again is because there's new content coming out later this year, which is a cloning lab. And the cloning labs should have been out uh, three weeks after the game launched, right? Three weeks after the game launched. Oh, hold on one second. Okay. Um, so three weeks after the game launched, this, this thing called the cloning labs was supposed to come to the game. And the old guard, I call it old guard and new guard because the, there's new developers that took over the game from the old guard. The old guard said that the cloning lab is coming in. It was supposed to be our first end game content inside this game. Uh, it came in, people glitched into the, the thing. There was major problems and then they completely sh shut it down and no one ever heard from it again. It's been two years since the cloning labs was supposed to be in. Okay. It's going to be over two years. Okay, by the time it comes out, people are thinking it's coming out this month. I don't think it is. There's one more update coming out, 2.6, and then 2.7 is supposed to be like the Cloning Labs and, and uh, Winter Soldier. So, basically, I'm getting my characters ready for this Cloning Labs because you have to be 175 to get there. Okay, to even, to even attempt it, you have to be 175. So, I was like, all right, let me get my Hulk at least up to 175 so i can at least attempt to try it because as a content creator as a person that's been playing this game for two years obviously not constantly but for two years i've been playing the game i played constantly almost for one year but since the one year and they didn't really fix anything they're still fixing it they're still making changes and i have a good time when i play the game okay so tuesday i went and played and then wednesday last night i went to go play the olt the olt is the omega level threat sector Okay, and the first night had no no issues. I got five heroes completed of the ten. Okay, I did Hulk in the morning. I did my my other four characters that I did in the evening. Had no problems going in. Right, Brain helped us out, uh, and then we had, we were in with a bunch of randos. Um, then last night I get in to complete my other five heroes. Okay, and let me tell you, Sarge, this this is like a love hate relationship. This goes back to like Destiny. Okay, where I went to go play my OLTs and the matchmaking is horrendous on Xbox. I don't know if it's like this on PlayStation. People say it is, but everyone, if you watch streamers, they never have a problem, right? Yet I'm a streamer and I have problems. Okay, so I try to go in and I cannot for the life of me. It took us 20 minutes, 20 minutes to get our first match in, right? We were in a waiting room matchmaking. Then we got into the game. Went through the whole entire level, got to the boss, game crashes. Everybody gets kicked, okay? And I was like, okay, well, there goes 30 minutes of wasted. So we're, we're now 55 minutes into the stream, okay? 
I go in for a, a second attempt. Get into a second attempt after 10 minutes of waiting for matchmaking. Get into my second OLT. This is stuck to technically my first OLT because we didn't complete it the first time because we got kicked. Got all the way down to the boss again. And boom, we lose a guy. And now we're down to three people. And we're not strong enough to complete it. So they rage quit. And then we're out another 30 minutes. Okay. Attempt number three. Crash for other people. So I get kicked out again. Right. Two hours. Two hours I get in. It took me an hour and 40 minutes to get my first into my actual OLT that we did, complete it, and we're done. Two hours it took. It was excruciating. As much as I want to love this game, there's there's stuff that just bogs down this game. Two years later, Sarge, and we're still getting crashes where it boots you to the dashboard, okay? Which is, some people in my chat are like, this is, this is rage-inducing, right? Snap the disc, throw it out, uninstall it i was like yeah no and i feel like i have i i feel like i have a duty as a streamer to be like the content's coming out i gotta get my character up there sure i could go watch some other content creator do it but i've been with this game since day one and i want to see what the cloning labs that was supposed to be in the game three weeks after okay and so i had leveled up my hulk to be the at the highest it possibly could at that point to get into the cloning labs which never came here we are two years later now i'm now I'm struggling to get power gear to get my character to the power level so I can attempt the new content that's coming in. Okay, So that's one thing. I, I played that. We played the raid uh, on Monday, the elite raid. Got my gear up to 170, so I'm, I'm about four, four levels or five levels away from uh, being part of it. Yeah. Said duty. That's right. I, I I took great pleasure in erasing that game from my hard drive, and I and I I've never looked back, and I feel amazing. I, I feel almost as amazing as I did when I when I erased uh, Destiny off my hard drive. Stealth says, make sure you do uh, everything with the hero. What for? Which one though? Stealth. There there's one mission that you have to do the thing with the characters. So am I doing it for the? The vibranium? Am I doing it for the uh, the uh, Tachteon? Am I doing it for the cosmic? Which which one? I just jumped five points across the board. Cosmic. All right. So I did four guys already with cosmic. So I have to do with my Hulk. You're saying so the rest of them make sure I do with my Hulk for that. All right. I'll do that. Don't you ever bad mouth. De Destiny, Destiny is uh, is dead to me in Sarge. I mean, it is. It's dead. I mean, there's plenty of people playing the game, but it's definitely a a dead a dead game to us. Uh, other than that, I'm I'm still playing um, uh, Circuit Superstars. I got number one in time trials on the uh, the Top Gear track. I am number one in the world out of like I don't know. 5,000 people or whatever that, 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 that attempted. I don't know how many people attempted it, uh, but I'm number one, so people have to beat my time, I've, which is a goal. I feel like with this game, Sarge, I feel like it's an arcade. You know when you're like number one in the arcade and you get to put your name in the top list and people are trying to beat that, right? That's what this feels I was, like. I, I was never able to scroll down fast enough before oh, right, the time, time out. Yeah. And I always get like some broken letters and a period in there somewhere. Right, and then people just put AAA. Right? And then you're like, oh, that's me. And you're like, yeah, sure it is, buddy. Yeah, no, really, it's me. It's, it's AAA. Right. So I, I feel like 
I, I feel like people have to, right? So my name's there. So I'm number one there. Um, another game I'm playing is 2K21. Uh, 2K23, they just showed the brand new courses. There's 20 courses coming out. I talked about this a little bit last week. I really enjoy the game. I think what I'm going to do as a streamer, Sarge, I think I'm going to keep playing 2021. And then I'm going to buy 2023. And the reason for that is people that are playing with me in 2021, I, I think I'm going to keep that group open and, and play it. So the people that are part of that society, we still play just in case they don't get 2023. And then I'll make another society in 20, uh, 2K23. That way people play. Because I think I, I, I think it'll pick up some steam um, with, with that golf game in the next uh, you know, for content going forward. So that's what I've been playing uh, this week. Was gonna try, was gonna try. What's that game? Uh, I know if Water is in in chat, he is. What is that game? Midnight Express, I think it's called. It's like a top down sides, not a side scroller, but three quarter, like a fighting game. It's supposed to be pretty hard. You can, it's like Sifu. If you remember that 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 uh, that fighting game that came out like eight months ago, or whatever it was. It's it's another game like that. Let me let me bring it up and and show you. I think it's called Midnight Express. I think it's called Midnight. It's on Game Pass, Sarge, so you can can try that. Yeah, Midnight. Oh, it's called Midnight Fight Express. Midnight Fight Express. Let me let me uh here. This is what it looks like. So it's a Side, not side, but it's like three quarter view and isometric. And, yeah, it's like an isometric a little bit, but there's other different camera angles to it. And you're a guy, and you you start whooping ass, fighting, fist fights, gun fights. I was going to start playing this. I started it up, and then I had to go somewhere, and then I haven't played it yet. So I might I might try this this weekend and give a first thought. So which which indie company did this? Is it one dude? I I I don't know who did it. Actually, Chad, do you guys know who uh, who did this off the top of your guys' head? Is it good, Bass? Is it good? It seems like it would be fun. Water was saying it was it was pretty fun, so I was gonna try it out and play it. Seems like a little fun uh, little fight game. Is it only single player or is it is it a co op game as well? One person made it. Oh wow, impressive. I thought I thought that's what that was. Developed by Jacob the Wizzle, the Wiznel. It's on Humble Games, humblegames.com and it's also on Switch, Steam, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Game Pass and Windows. So it just came out last week. Uh so seems like a fun game. I haven't played it myself yet, but I was going to play it for this week to talk about it, but I'm going to play it this weekend probably. Um well, we'll we'll get to it then. All right, that'll do it for the top stories from the past or for the uh what we've been playing let's get to the uh the top stories all right so the first story i want to talk about is disney 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 plus reportedly eyeing subscriber exclusive star wars toys sarge so it comes at no surprise. The Mandalorian has been such a smash hit, and the audiences worldwide invest in Din Djarin uh, in Grogu's journey. Now, the two companies are built 
on the shoulders of strong merchandising with loyal fans always turning out to collect the latest offerings in the coming months. Some serious changes will be taking place on Disney plus as the streamer looks to unveil a different subscription tier to align with the product output. A new report reveals that merchandise will be a heavily uh, heavy player in the efforts with star Wars, specifically the Mandalorian naturally being the, uh, at the forefront. Now star Wars merch tied to Disney plus. Okay. I love how this thing just popped across the screen. It just says ad like what, what, what is this? Is this some new wizardry that they just throw on the screen? They just put ad across the thing. I, Thanks I can't, for becoming a member. I can't read this now, for fuck's sake. So the Wall Street Journal was uh, reported that Disney to introduce a member program of Disney Plus subscribers. I can't. How am I supposed to read this with that thing across the thing? So for Star Wars fans, uh, the Wall Street Journal pointed out that the Darksaber from Mandalorian is a specific toy exclusive to members. Okay, so... They're going to enable a send subscribers to the Shop Disney website where their special access to products will be available. One example the executives have discussed as possible merchandise tie-in is offering exclusive toy version of the Darksaber, a weapon from Star Wars theme series, The Mandalorian, for sale only to Disney Plus subscribers, a, a person familiar with the plans said. Now, it says the ultimate goal driving incentive of data collection Disney is looking to further understand consumers' trends and behaviors with the program tracking the show's watch trips taken. Now, the merchandise purchase results will allow the company to recommend uh, to recommend programming most related to the members interested in Disney+. Plus. The retail option could reach the streaming platform by the end of the year. What products can Star Wars fans expect? The Darksaber is going to be the, a stretch of the surface. Lightsabers will undoubtedly be the biggest draw to Star Wars fans looking to join the program. And on the lower end, of the price tag. T-shirts will be a big draw. Disney and Lucasfilms will also made a habit releasing shirts with logos of each of the new Star Wars movies to show. So, what do you, what do you think about this, Sarge? Uh, obviously, they'll, they'll probably they'll probably uh, reveal this at D23 this uh, this upcoming weekend. Not this weekend, <laughs> but next weekend. Do, do you purposely pick out these stories so I go completely dog shit crazy I do. I do. in the first five minutes yeah, of the these, show? These, these, like, why, exactly why, why do, do you pick Why do you pick this kind of crap? Because it gets, it gets um, us talking. Uh, no, it gets me insane is what this does. It doesn't get us talking. Look, okay, so first of all, first of all, if you don't look at this as a bribe to have <laughs> Disney Plus, Right. Then once again, you as an individual need to reevaluate yourself in the world. That's what this is. Where else do you go? Does does Target call you up and say, hey, if you want to buy anything from Target, you got to get a Target credit card. Otherwise, you can't buy anything. Like, does anybody else do that kind of shit? Yeah. No, no, no they, they do. I, I could name one. Destiny does it. You buy the game <clears> and <throat> you do the raid. And at the end of the raid, you get to buy a $200 jacket if you complete the raid on the on the first day. Look. Right? You can say whatever you want about this exclusive, valuable Disney product, okay? You can say whatever you want, but this is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. First of all, yeah, if, let, let's, let's just get it out in the open. Let's just get it in the open. If I'm buying a lightsaber, it ain't from Disney, okay? I got five companies, three of which I bought from, of lightsabers. They make kick-ass lightsabers with the digital sound and everything. It looks like a real lightsaber. I got my dark blade thing. Whatever. I'm not buying from Disney, right? And... For you to hold that above somebody's head, imagine some kid, right? Right. Oh, you, you want to buy some Disney toys, kid? Go get your dad to get the Disney Plus. 
exclusive pack so you can get the toy timmy like is that is that where we're going right, right? You're, you're gonna get peer pressure by your kids or by somebody else disney, yeah. disney plus has lost so many subscribers that this is the answer to getting people back are, are we serious with this is this a serious thing right you believe that I'm going to get a Disney Plus account, so I want to buy some toys with it. Really? They, look, Wolverine in chat just said, Disney's even giving a discount up to 25% for hotel rooms if you are a Disney Plus subscriber. Yeah. Right? That's because they need anything to draw them into the actual subscription model because they can't get people to stay there. That's why. The, the reason why you made Disney Plus is content and... <laughs> Right. entertainment right. for children and you can't do it so now you have to attach everything but the kitchen sink to the subscription model in order for people to be there right does anyone else see a problem with that well, no okay I, well, continue living your life th this everything's this, fine this is going to be even worse fine. because now that people that have disney plus you're going to have friends and families coming up to you going hey you have disney plus right yeah here, I'll, let me. Can you, can you get my kid a toy? Can, can, can you, you get that kid my toy? Right, can you can you buy that toy? I'll give you the money. I'll give you the money. You like, like no, I don't, I don't want to give you the money, right? They're trying to persuade people to get Disney Plus because, look, it shouldn't be this hard to get people to get Disney Plus, right? Make a good show, right? Like in video games, make a game, sell a game, right? Write a show, make a show, right? But no, they keep continuing doing shows with terrible writing. Terrible writing. I liked it better. No Disney Plus. And they would re-release a movie every so often, and parents would fight in stores to get it because it's only out for so long. Right. And then it goes back into the vault. That's proper Disney marketing. <laughs> like, that's proper marketing. Which hey is kids, also Bungie as well. It's hey, amazing. kids, tell your mom, tell your mom, Pinocchio's coming back out, but it's only coming out for two weeks. Better tell mom to get that paycheck early, kids, because right. once Pinocchio's out, it's out, right? That's the way Disney was. That's the way it's supposed to be. Well, if you guys, listen, Disney has literally over 300 characters by themselves without, without any other IP involved, just 300 characters plus at least, okay? If you guys can't make content based on, uh, based on characters you guys have had for over 50 years, okay, then you got problems, right? Attaching toys and, and discount rooms to your subscription service isn't the problem. It's you. You got the problem. You are the problem, right? You can't write shit. You can't make shit. You can't get a kid to be happy in your park. There are fights breaking out. What What's going on with Disney? I, I gotta, what's wrong with you people? I gotta it's find the happiest one. place on earth. What is happening? There, there's a, a new game coming out as well here. I totally forgot about this. Okay, so speaking of Disney, I'm going to throw this in, into the into the because it, it it's part of it, Sarge. People like collecting shit, right? People like collecting stuff. So Disney came out. We'll be launching a new card game to go against Magic the Gathering and Pokemon. Okay? Oh, I bet it's I, listen. That game better be liquid gold if it's going to beat Pokemon and Magic. I got news yeah, for you. It's 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 from it's 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 developed by Ravensburg. It's, you know, the card, uh, the, the board game creator. It's called Lorcana. Is that how you pronounce that? L-O-R-C-A-N-A, -A, Lorcana, uh, or Lorcana. Uh, so Disney, okay, uh, the basic idea is to place the call of great uh, imagery, said brand manager Ryan Miller, veteran Wizard of Coast, who also helped design the gameplay of Disney Lorcana. 
It's in treasury of all Disney songs and stories ever made, all the characters. And if there were any kind of record, the player takes on the role of the Illuminator. This powerful sorcerer that's the ability to bring these characters to life off the page. Players will be bring a band of their favorite Disney characters together in an adventure uh, in this world. Now, the collectible game will include a modern storybook, art style, uh, set of North America heads of games, uh, Cassie, uh, Global Games creative director, and said it would be inspired by a storybook opening of the classic Disney films and feature visible line work of vibrant color wa uh, washes and mixed both traditional and hand-drawn qualities in fairy, uh, fairy tale storybooks with new digital techniques. Now, it says the game is probably the largest potential Ravensburg has ever gone after, and hence it also uh, probably the largest investment that will ever be done into any type of project uh, in the initiative. It says uh, TCG Market that's also in inventing the players for many years' journey. Uh, we don't take it lightly. This effort is a multi-year series of releases. It's something that Disney will never really allow any collaborator to do. So they trust that the, we built with Disney. And I think uh, let us uh, come to a point where we both strategically and commercially had the trust to say, yeah, let's dare to do something. Right. So basically, and I could talk about this for from experience. Uh, inside the parks, they used to have these... They used to have these cards that you would go to the fire station inside uh, Magic Kingdom and you would scan your bracelet if you were a, a subscriber, which means you were a, a, a member of the, you know, parks of, of the cult. Right, yeah. All right. right. So you scan your bracelet and they give you a pack of cards. You take these pack of cards and you walk I, around. I, I remember, bro. Yeah. We ran around the yeah. whole park. You ran around the whole park it. and you and you do that interactive games. Yeah. You, and had, stuff, you right? had to find you had to find the hidden spots where the right. mirror was. Right. They give you a map. That's kind of cool. Right. It was kind of cool. Well, now uh, here. Hold on. Let me grab it real quick. Hold on. It, it, it just it, it makes me laugh. It really does make me laugh. Disney was off in its own corner. Right. Let, let's remember, kids, let's remember for a moment. Right. Let's let's back up a couple years. Yeah, real let's quick. talk. Let's talk about Disney just briefly. Right. Before before Disney tried to get their hand into everything, Disney just made movies and shows for kids and they did a fantastic job. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody did fine. Right. As soon as they started trying to deviate outside of the world of Disney, let's acquire Marvel, let's acquire Star Wars, let's acquire this. Every time they try to do anything outside of what Disney is, they destroy it. They have destroyed everything. So right? I'm curious what what is happening in the offices at Walt Disney World? Well, what, the reason I'm bringing this card game up is that they're coming out with a trading card game. Now, these cards, if you can see, they have. They have stats at the bottom of these things. Now, these stats only work for the actual thing that was inside the park. These cards don't do anything else, okay? And people collect them, right? This is the whole deck. We have all the all the ones except for the special edition ones where you had to show up at a certain times at the, at the parades or, or whatever at, at night for the other events. But for the most part, you have all the cards, and they have the different characters. Like, you have... You know, the, the villain, not villains, but you have different characters. You have like Woody and Buzz and uh, Frozo and Mickey and Goofy and the Mad Hatter. And there's they're, they're all they're very done well, right? Very good artwork and stuff on the cards. And the reason I'm bringing this up. They also have a trading card on the phone, which is from Tops. Tops makes a card game for them, which is a, car, a card collecting thing. But now they're getting into the market where those don't have any those don't have any uh, value as far as like stats and stuff but now they're making a card game to compete with pokemon to compete with magic of the gathering and the test market 
was these suckers right here, right? How many people are interested in getting the cards? How many people are interested in trading the cards? People still trade these. There's people that sit in the park, just regular customers. They have binders of these things. And some people take their doubles and they put them on like this mantle in this restaurant. And you could just walk up to the mantle and you take a card and leave a card. Like if you have doubles, you, you take a card that you need. You put your card up there and that's what people do. Other people swap and stuff. Someone asked and think, don't they do this with pins? Yes. Pins are a huge, huge market uh, in, in Disney, right? Same thing. They have a pin board where you can walk up or you can go up to any employee and say, hey, I like your pin. I would like that pin. And they have to give it to you. They can't say no. Right? You give them a shitty pin, they give you the good pin that you want. And it goes vice versa all around, right? So this is a test market. The, the, the parks is a test market for this card game. And now they're coming out with an actual card game. Look, this is, I think this is going to, I don't know why Disney, I love the Infinity. I'm, I'm sure, listen, there's a lot of Disney people out there. Oh. Bro. It's going to do well. If it Even if it's it doesn't do, do well, well for the gather, uh, Magic of the Gathering Pokemon group, it's going to be a huge so market just for people plenty, collecting the cards. Plenty of people love Disney. Right. Plenty of people don't care. As long as Disney has something else for them to collect, they are 100% in. It doesn't matter right. what it is. Right. Right? I still can't get the black monorail toy from Disney. I've been looking for 25 years. The black monorail. Right? Yeah, the, the motorized black monorail. Very hard. Very hard to find. They have that? We have yeah. the white one, the blue stripe on it. No, you have the die cast one. I'm talking about. No, no. no. I'm talking the about the one that moves on a motorized. track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, motorized black one. one. Very rare. That's yeah. probably going for like thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, my See, my whole thing with Disney, and, uh, and I'll say it out loud because I'm tired of waiting. And I want someone just to do it. I don't care if it's the Franklin Mint or whoever wants to take it up. But what I want from Disney, and I and I mean this as an actual thing for collectors is I want a miniature version of the park sold in pieces. They, right? they, they kind of do that. They, 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 yeah, but that's your problem. You're saying you kind of did it. Yeah, they, I, they I, want, it. I, I really want it. Like I want like main street, three, four pieces, Tomorrowland, five or six pieces. And then the, the rides go on them and they actually move like a little model, like end scale, like an end scale train <laughs> type of thing. And the rides move. I can, see, I can see yeah. Lego, Lego doing something like that because they made the castle. They made a train. They, they, they made the actual train that goes around the park, right? They yeah, yeah. made Main Street. They have a Main Street one. So they're kind that's why I said they're kind of doing it. Yeah, I want the whole thing. Yeah, that's. that's I want the whole park. Yep. So you want like I, I you want to replicate? Predict, you want to replicate I, all? I, of I basically predict it's Franklin Mint. I, that's the one I see doing it. Like Franklin Mint model version of Disney. Like every piece is like one hundred and twenty dollars or some <laughs> shit like that. When you you put the whole part together on your dining room table, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yep, Warjack. Yeah, he he definitely has the pins. You talk about you talk about the the marble pins. Here we go. Every every week, every, cash money, kid. Go. Those are sealed. Those are two years old. Those are two Cash, years old. Money sealed, never been touched by human hands. That's right. They've been they've been never sealed been in package. Can, so glad I got that them. pre-order. So glad I got that pre-order. Woo! Would have missed it on those pins, man. You're gonna people are gonna laugh, Sarge. Five years from now, when the game changes or they come out with the next one, you could put those on eBay. And you can get maybe five cents more than what you paid for. Right? It'll be amazing. Go try to undersell me, cool joke. <laughs> Don't try to undersell me. Not gonna happen. Not gonna quarter. happen. Quarter, quarter of a million. 
I can look them up right now on eBay. I guarantee you they're at least ten dollars. At least. I'll I'll give you seven ninety nine. I think that's not, that's what they would. I'm be. gonna I'm gonna look right now. Make sure. Yeah, do it. Do it up. Uh, next story. Next story. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Ubisoft was decommissioning, or yeah, they were decommissioning their their games uh, and their servers and whatnot. Right. Well, Ubisoft has changed plans on decommissioning its old games. The good news is that Ubisoft will let players keep their DLC when the games hit the online chopping block in October. Uh, Ubisoft temporarily uh, hit the pause hit the pause button uh, on the plans to decommission the online features for most of the dozens of games, which include Far Cry, several Assassin's Creed titles, and Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands. Now, Ubisoft explained that it was also looking to focus on resources on its more modern titles, but it's also concerned that several of the affected games, such as Assassin's Creed Liberation HD and Silent Hunter 5, would be virtually unplayable without the online component. The company has now announced that it plans to decommissioning it will be moved from September 1st to October 1st, while developers work on ensuring that the list of games will continue to run smoothly when their online functionality is removed, for example... Uh, Anno 2070 will receive an update that could make it perform better and still be playable in single-player or multiplayer mode after October 1st. Now, the fact that your experience would even be a bit smoother now than before, the Anno 2070 team explained, the port, the uh, we ported the game to 64-bit, which enables the game to address all the PC memory. Additionally, the new online service should make more nicer matchmaking experiences, and you can still use the in-game friends list to set up matches. In short... A single-player DLC purchase for games such as Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed 3, Far Cry 3, Splinter Cell Black, uh, Blacklist will still be available to download, keep, and play as long as it's activated before the shutdown date. For more details, break uh, breakdown. So, there you go, Sarge. They're they're backing it up a little bit. They're decom. They're 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 not canceling. They're they're giving you an, an additional month or whatever, and they're they're gonna let you keep playing them after the fact as well. So you you don't have to comment on it. I'm just giving you a information uh i know i got i know let's go with another ubisoft uh we have another ubisoft. but 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 but, but briefly but bri- wait hang on hang on briefly yeah. right does anyone else find it funny that after the ubisoft collapse and the owner said that they're going to retool redo their games make good product new ips immediately after that they were wanted to be acquired then all of a sudden, the owner says he does not want to be acquired. Then they cancel all their games, although the older, older games. And then all of a sudden, they want to be on Game Pass now. They're bringing back the old library now. Like, all these things in order to give more value to the company. And why would you want to give more value to the company? Right. Because you're trying to sell. That's what you're trying to you, do. You're, you're think- trying to... Yes. You think they're still they're still trying yes. to sell it? Yes. 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 I can't find the other story, but there there's a story, um, and take it with a grain of salt. Um the the Assassin's Creed game, the other Assassin's Creed game is supposed to be coming out. Uh it's called Mirage, and they tell you a bunch of information. Now it was leaked, and I think all the stuff got pulled, that's why I can't find it. Um, but they Someone leaked it and said this is the information, and then that person got a copyright strike and they took it down, which means 100% that Assassin's Creed Mirage is coming out when they announce it next week during the, their, their, their little showcase that they're doing. So 
I always love that. When they don't want someone to know about something, they either sue them or take it down, copyright strike. You're like, oh, there, that's true. Where if they don't say anything about it, then you're just like, eh, it could be speculative, right? But now the speculation. Yeah, if, you get, if, you get, if you get sued, it's the truth. Right. Well, they didn't get sued, but if you get copyright strike and asked to be yeah. taken down, you know everything that you put up there is 100% true. So that's what's happening. So the next Assassin's Creed is, is coming out. Uh, and it's called Mirage, potentially. Okay. Now another another thing, a insider, uh, insider uh, hints at Assassin's Creed Odyssey is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Now we don't know if it's uh, true or not. Take it with a grain of salt. Hold on a second. Every time we we do grain of salt, we have we have to do it. It's got really like dun, 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 dun. it's like really dramatic music with the with the dump truck pouring salt. Okay. Yeah. So the uh the grain of salt. Uh so obviously we can speculate and talk about it. We don't know about the Assassin's Creed Mirage spec speculatively, you know, uh or or the Assassin's Creed Odyssey is coming to Game Pass, but uh, it could. It could be coming in, but take it take it with a grain of salt. Um, let me see. Another, another, uh, another thing that we could talk about here. Oh, there's a lot of... I don't want to get into... I don't want to get into that big stuff yet. Just got some time before we get into the... The next thing I want to talk about <clears throat> is Quantic Dream... Okay, Quantic Dream, the people that are making the Star Wars game, Sarge, that are making the Star Wars game, Quantic Dream, and NetEase Games. Okay, so Quantic Dream was, uh, it's been around for 25 years, and they've been partnering up with NetEase a couple years ago. They've been working with the last like five years or last four years with NetEase. And now uh, they, they went in and they, they did like a 20% uh uh, job with them right they took 20 percent of the company to, to work with them or whatnot and they've been together for four years and now now netease games which is becoming 100 percent shareholder of quantic dreams so net netease games has purchased quantic dream 100 percent, and quantic dream will retain their independence in terms of editorial line and artistic direction of the products and management of the studio it says their teams are fully involved in the operation and who benefit directly uh, financially are, of course, are full preserved and will continue to grow with the strengths. Now, NetEase Games is committed to supporting the innovation and the development of video games worldwide. And it's within the framework of the Quantic Dream will also continue to grow. There's also an operation to independently maintain the ability to create and self-publish our video games on all platforms and continue to support the published titles developed by the third parties. Here's the thing, right? This is, the, this is another... This is another buyout sarge it's another buyout where the company that's getting bought out says we're keeping 100 percent of our independence and we can do what we want how, how far do you think this goes right and what i mean by that sony bought bungie and bungie said the same thing they're like no no we we're still independent we can do what we want sony's not coming down with the hand you know telling us what to do how, do you believe this or do you I mean, they're spending the millions and billions of dollars to buy these companies. Do you think this is true, or do you think this is just fluff to to make well, it feel like it? 
Yeah, but normally, anytime, listen, anytime a, a company gets acquired, uh, the term is called restructuring. And restructuring means people get fired, they cut the fat, they restructure because they want to try to pull as much value out of the company as possible before the company per goes forward and makes their next product so they can make more money. That's the whole point. That's what they do. Uh, net ease, by the way, sounds like some kind of like ailment that needs to be cured by some kind of drug from playing too many video games. That's right. what it sounds like to me when you're there. You know, you're on the internet too long. Your eyes have been bugging out of your head. Try NetEase and simmer down. <laughs> like that's what it sounds like to me when you talk about NetEase. Um, anytime they say outright, like anytime they say outright that they get to remain independent, exclusive to their thing, what they're really trying to do is establish stock prices to be calm. Right. Because they know that once somebody gets acquired, things get radical for a little while. That's what that's what happens. It's a normal thing, right? Look how normal Bungie was when they got acquired and then went on their own and then got acquired. Right. And then went on their own and then got acquired. Like it's it's <laughs> it's the same, it's the same thing. You want to make everyone keep calm. Everyone don't start selling stocks yet. Everything's gonna be fine. Um what I'm more interested in, and, and I'll be honest with the with the acquisitions, is and this is from a business point of view now. Because it's 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 a constant now. It's not a it's not a like a um, an assumption, right? Everyone everyone that's below I think a certain price point for the bigger companies, if it's like twenty percent or fifteen percent, somewhere in there of total value, everyone's on everyone's on the block, like everybody. So for me, I spend most of my days looking at the companies that are decent, have too much, uh, too many employees but they make good product and I'm trying to figure out which ones to buy right now, because that's all they're doing. They're just, they, they are restructuring and reacquiring all look at Embracer group, right? Look at Microsoft, look what everybody else is doing, right? Everybody's acquiring everybody, right? Because they want to be able to release products in a timely manner, even though we know timely means late, right? It, they need to have product on a consistent level. And if you don't have enough studios, that are working on product, then there are big gaps between product releases. Right. And they can't have that, right? It doesn't look good for shareholders. doesn't look good for the company. So I got to have enough people under my umbrella that we're releasing product. And so everybody's for sale. Everybody, right? Look how many companies Embracer Group has, right? Look how many, look at, look what's going on. NetEase has got a couple this of companies is, underneath their belt yeah. as well. Yes, they do. But what I'm saying is this is now a constant. This is not some fluke thing that's going on. This is what's happening. Restructuring of the industry, people are being bought up. Right. That's what's going on. And it's probably going to go on for like the next couple of years, for sure. I, I, I look at this, and when a company says that they're still keeping their independence and they can do what they want artistically and stuff, I think that only goes until the candle burns out. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden... If, to your next project, right? Well, if you if you make did a project, your, did your next product, did your next project do well? Right, exactly. Right. If if you have your independence, and let's say you make a game like Fallout seventy six, and it has a turmoil that it had, your next game that you come out, you don't have independence and 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 free reign of what you want to do. The company's like, no, your last thing that you did that we gave you free reign didn't turn out too well. This is what you got to do, right? Right. So what, how is that any different than people saying that you're free to do whatever you want when you're a teenager in your mom's house? Right. right. And then, and then you say my to yourself, house. 
right right everything everything's free until you fuck up but then it's all of a sudden the lockdown comes it's the same principles right you could i'm gonna give you as much rope as you want to hang yourself with you go ahead and make whatever game you right. want right and we're gonna let the books do the talking if those numbers don't match up by next quarter by next financial quarter i guess some changes are gonna have right. to be made right exactly because they're like yeah we're, we're fully independent we're, we're still and I think they do this one for the people that are fans of Quantic Dream, right? Because if you're a fan sure. of Quantic Dream of like their games that they create, all of a sudden you're like, uh oh, NetEase is involved. And you're like, I'm not a big fan of NetEase. Oh, wait, they're letting them still be who they are. Right. I'm okay. Right. right? Like, you're you're owned by another company. I, I but it's 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 almost it's just a slap to the face. If if the company that you love for 20 years gets bought out by another company that that you don't like. Right. And they immediately say, oh, they get to do whatever they want. Don't worry. Like, I'm already concerned. I'm right. I'm right. already concerned. You can't you, you can't tell me because they got bought up. They must have got bought up for some reason. Right. Well, right. <laughs> they, didn't, they, well, they, they didn't get buy out for they didn't get bought up for just some random reason. Well, it says here. Right. It says Quantic Dream has always been particularly attached to its creative freedom and independence. And this freedom has allowed us to create different games to develop and property technology to equip ourselves with the infrastructure dedicated to our needs and above all to create games that we dream for the millions of players, right? It says in order to continue our development and persist in the world, but also be uh, to fund other studios and become international publishers, larger investments are needed for us to keep building our technology infrastructure to deliver ever more impressive next generation games to expand our team and develop several projects simultaneously, right? They've been publishing their own games this entire time, and now they're going the way of, well, we want to get bigger, but we can't do it ourselves, so we need to, we need to partner up with someone. Yeah. This is what Bungie's been doing the entire time. Bungie's like, we want to publish our own games to, to be a multi-publisher, but we but, can't but, do it on our own. We need a bigger company to do it. Right. right. But they don't. Right. Because if you did, right. if you did, you wouldn't have got bought out again. Right. right. You would say, no, we want to stay independent. Right. But they want more. They want to go faster, right? I, I guess. Everybody wants to be Epic. Everybody wants... Epic was struggling until they made Fortnite Battle Royale, and now they're just... They're, which, they're, was made off of, which was made off the back of a broken game. Right. Which they're now printing which money. Is, and now they're yeah. like, what do you want to do? They're like, I want to make uh, I want to make this thing. Like, cool. Do it. I want to make up my own bank with my own money. Can yeah, I do that? Sure. Yeah, do Epic. It. Yeah, Epic. Go. Go make yeah. up your own bank. We'll make our own money. Steam. You want to make a console this week? Yeah. Ah, I don't know. We, we may not make a console this week. Yeah. We'll, we'll decide. Sweeney's Listen, like, hey, what, what can we do? We make a trillion dollars a, uh, a year. It, it's crazy. It, it's crazy how much money they make. But, right. Well, but that's the independence again, people want, right? That's the independence people want. Yes, but the, the more independent, the more responsibility happens. This is, it's a, it's a normal process. The, the issue has always been once a company reaches a certain size, Depending on who's running it, it it turns it turns bad. It's like a bruised apple. It looks great on the outside, but when you cut into it, it looks like it got beat the crap out of. Right, right. And and I'm tired of hearing the same stories over and over again. What I want to hear from from the gaming industry, and this is the this is the thing. I'm done listening to COVID. I'm done with you. Okay, I'm done listening about the coup. Okay, what I want to hear is, I want to hear about engine redevelopment. Engine modification, new engines being made, companies putting their asses on the line, trying to create the next engine for video gaming. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about the 17th rendition 
of the Gamebryo engine used to create Starfield. Right? I'm done listening to you, okay? You guys have made billions of dollars over the decades. Somebody has got to invest in new technology, right? Engine building for well, gaming. that's that's why they're right. going. Everyone's going Unreal Engine five now, right? Uh, well, they're going on a Real Engine, Real Engine, Unreal Engine five is because they have spent the most time fixing the engine. Well, no, because well, Unreal Engine. So this is what I'm talking about with Epic, right? I, this wasn't even part of our conversation, but now Epic made Unreal Engine five, and now you see a lot of these games. Uh, being developed that they're delaying their game so they could switch it over from four over. to five. And I had a conversation loosely yesterday about do you think Unreal Engine 5 it's easier to work with, right? Tim Sweeney said that the concept of Unreal Engine 5 is that everyone that's working on the network, it's shared, right? So if I make a building, right, anyone is allowed to use that building because it's open source. It's open up to, to, yeah. to the assets, right? So if you want to make a Superman game, someone can come in and make a Superman. As long as you get the I, the IP from, you know, DC, you can make a Superman game and you could use the cities that already people made that might be in Call of Duty. It might be whatever game is used in that city. You're allowed to use those assets into the stuff, right? So now I look at this and go, well, now anybody can make a game, right? And it's less time to make a game now because of the assets that are there and stuff like that. Right. So now you look at this and go, well... Does that mean games are going to get lazier to create something and make a, a hot, a hot cake or a hot, uh, a lot of money real fast? They just make a game and make it look real pretty because of Unreal Engine Five, and yet the game is not really substance. You know what I mean? Then they just put it out there because it looks cool, or and it's easier to develop and stuff. Well, you have to remember the the transition of gaming as an industry was graphically pushed. That was the first and foremost, graphically pushed. Games were sold based on how good they looked. Right. Right. Then we hit a plateau where for a good maybe five to seven years, it was in between engine engine builds, that games looked the same. Like this is where they were. And so at that point, the deviation was what type of game was it? Was it a good story game? Or was it a really good fighting game? Like the graphics are all the same. They all look good. But now they deviated into those subcategories of how a game is a story or action adventure, RPG, how they built them. Then that went on for a little while. And then we went back to the same thing where engine pushing was a thing. Usually engine pushing uh, happens right around the game console's release. Like when they're getting ready to release a game console, it's all about the graphics. It's all about what it is. And we all see the same games over and over again. I don't remember all of them over the years, but every game they use to, to dictate how awesome the hardware was, was always a shitty game. It was always a shitty game. Right. Right. The, I think for, for Xbox One was and that, PlayStation 4 was that was, 1812 or that, 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 that weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a uh, Rome, Rome, uh, the Rome one that came out uh, for, was it 360 yeah, or was that it, the one? It, I forget. It, what looked, it, was. It, it, it was a decent game. It was a decent game. But yeah, but it, it was the graphics are being pushed. Yeah. That's what's that what was, it was, that it was, was the sell, sell you on the, on the system and the graph yeah, with the graphics. Right. So now we're reaching a, a, another bottleneck, and the bottleneck isn't because of actual problems. It's That's because of this other, other shit, right? right. Chip shortage, a co COVID, like whatever you guys are talking about now that we're slowing down. Meanwhile, the graphics are pretty much the same, right? We're, we're, we've been in the same kind of boat for a while. They're looking, they're looking to innovate. But well, that's why I say I want to see new engines. A lot of a lot of games engines. come out and they look pretty, but they, they don't have any substance for the actual like 
the the depth of the game. Well, well, that's because when you reach a certain level, the graphics, the the, the graphics, the way they actually look to you, even though they might be better on on a techie level, like on maybe on some nerd level, they're like really different. But like for the common person to look at it, hmm. it's all comparable. So you're looking for good story, good fighting game, great RPG. Uh, some kind of good engine mechanics inside the game. Like you're looking for other reasons, not just graphical anymore. It's just, it's it's a normal, it's a normal progress is where we are right now. I'm I'm waiting for, I want someone to come out and brag about their engine. I want someone to come out and brag about the next thing that they're coming out with and look at all the cool things we can do with this engine. New engines take about as much time to, uh, to make a new game. Sure, sure. Even longer, dupe, yeah. even longer. That's why Even they longer. update them over over time, right? That's why they op update them over time. What frostbite? What frostbite is the only engine you'll ever need? Exactly. Uh, according according to EA. Ac according to EA, yeah, they're like, hey, uh, can you make this game in the frostbite engine? It's like it's not meant for this game. Yeah, yeah. Just frostbite. Just go ahead and do it. What? It didn't do good. Oh, wait, because you couldn't make a first person shooter, a third person shooter. Because That's it's funny. only in first-person technology? Oh, it's all right. Let's make Dragon Age Origins in the same thing. Stay away from Dragon Age Origins, when, by the way. When in doubt, Frostbite it. Yeah. All right, so the next story I want to talk about is this is a Sonic Frontiers. They showed a little bit more information. There's, like, a information. It's three minutes long here. Uh, we're going to watch this uh, on stream here. Um, let me make the audio correct here. Let's watch this. This is Sonic Frontier. This is telling you what Sonic Frontiers is. And then we're going to talk about this a little bit, Sarge. Here we go. In Tales, when trouble struck. You're, you're telling me what Sonic is. Yeah, this is this is an overview in of what Sonic Sonic's Frontier newest is. adventure, Got he's it. headed to the Starfall Islands in search of Chaos Emeralds with his friend, Amy and Tails, when trouble strike. I'm going to get mad. Well, you can't speak while this is going on, Sarge, because you're on the same channel as it, so you get drowned out. Suddenly sucking their plane into a dimensional portal, our bristly hero awakens in a strange digital world called cyberspace. Despite being separated from... Can I just say the guy who's doing the voiceover for this? Not the best, but anyway. Friends, Sonic miraculously escapes from this alternate dimension and arrives on Kronos, one of the beautiful Starfall Kronos. Islands. A curious wilderness full of ancient ruins. Strange inhabitants. Do you think, Sart, do you, so far... The, the 34 seconds we've seen of it, do you think it looks better than what we saw in the past? Do you think he looks fast enough, Sarge? And sinister enemies. Our loyal I blue mean, hedgehog... They might have sped him up a little bit, but the, the graphics look like they got overhauled a little bit, is what it looks like to me. ...must now find his lost friends, explore this exotic world, and solve the mystery of the Starfall Islands. Sonic Frontiers expands on what fans know and love about traditional Sonic games. Combining linear level gameplay and open zone platforming. I, show, I showed my son this, Sarge, and he, he said he said that it actually looks better. He said it looks he goes, it, it, it looks fun now. Is what he said. A new action filled Sonic experience. The world map is bigger than ever, giving Sonic more room to run and explore his surroundings. Sonic Frontiers offers high speed open zone gameplay that gives you the freedom to play the game in the order that best matches your playstyle. Engage in exhilarating combat with exciting new enemies, solve intriguing puzzles, and complete fun side quests to help rescue Sonic's friends. Solving puzzles will reward the player with items that can increase Sonic's power and defense. 
reveal hidden parts of the map, and unlock new ways to navigate the island at fast speeds. Scattered around the Starfall Islands are cyberspace portals. Cyber Defeat space. bosses throughout the island to earn portal gears that unlock these stages. You'll need to complete challenges within each cyberspace stage to earn vault keys that can be used to unlock Chaos Emerald vaults and allow you to progress further in the game. In Sonic Frontiers, Sonic's combat gets an upgrade, making battling enemies more exciting and fluid than ever before, with an all-new skill tree system featuring a host of new abilities to unlock and level up. You'll have plenty of options to fight strategically, combine dodges, parries, counters, and more. If you prefer more straightforward gameplay, check out Auto Combos, where various attack combos can be executed with a single button. These modes make it possible for all Sonic fans to easily enjoy the fast and flexible new combat system. Sonic's enhancements don't stop there. He's learned a new ability called Psyloop, a band of light that mirrors Sonic's tracks. Surround enemies, items, and areas to uncover different effects and unlock all the secrets of the Starfall Islands. Get ready to blaze your own trail and forge a new frontier in Sonic Frontiers. There you go. Sonic Frontiers, Serge. What do you what do you what do you think? Now, I'll be honest, if they showed this four or five months ago, when they first showed Sonic Frontier, we were like, what the hell is that? Right? It looked awful. This does look better, right? It does look better. What do you what do you think of this? All right, so it this is this is an easy one, right? So the the gap between the Sonic that you guys knew when you grew up and now is very very wide that gap is huge right so after the movie comes out they basically want to sell a game about sonic and so now this is basically the sonic game that the new generation of kids are going to know because they saw the movie and now this is the video game yeah, yeah. so every video game has to evolve right GTA went from a, uh, a top-down game to a three-dimensional world. Got a world okay. went from side-scroller. Got to, a world yeah. went from side-scroller to a to fully immersed world. Um, who else? Who else uh, did a big change? Pac-Man's like, been. Pac-Man Pac went from a side. Yeah. Mario. Mario went from a side-scroller to a three-dimensional world. Like all games have to evolve. Sonic, even though well well known to many people, not as renowned as Mario. Right. If you had a Genesis, you know Sonic. Right. That part I get. So this is their answer to upgrade the game, start fresh. This is the game they went with, right? Now, if the kids like it, and I'm not talking about us, if the kids like it, you're going to know. They'll, talk, they'll have a good sales. And if the sales numbers are comparable, let's say they sell 3 million copies or 4 million copies to start off with. In my mind, that's a win for them. Right. Because you're, you're basically trying to reboot a franchise from scratch, right? Because... Like I said, the gap is way big now for this. Well, I mean, it people who played Sonic aren't gonna like it because it's not the same Sonic that they grew up with. Right. We're, we are we are re we are pressing the reset button on this. That's what they're well, doing. Well, well, my son came in. He's like, "Oh, is that the Sonic game?" His first initial thing was it still looks boring, right? And then all of a sudden, he started watching it as the guy was talking and explaining the stuff that was going on in the game. He goes, well, "That actually looks kind of fun." Yeah, actually, it looks it looks kind of fun. It, maybe maybe we should look more into it. I was like, all right, we'll see what 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 happens, right? Yeah, that's all it is. Listen, <clears throat> it's I don't hate on Sonic. 
I hate on destroyed IPs with no la with no with no sense of compassion for the actual IP itself. This is them trying to reboot an I, old IP. I I well, Sonic's been around for for years. He still sells. When they first sure. showed Sonic Frontiers, they did. I'm sorry, but the the company did a poor job at showing what Sonic Frontiers was. Right? They they showed the most boring, monotonous looking type of thing, and we we're like, what is that? The trailer that we saw last week showed boards that we know what Sonic is, right? They started telling us more. But here's the thing I'm still a little bit concerned with. Game reviewers that got to play this this summer said that the gameplay was slow, boring, and it looked terrible. They said it looks like someone took Vaseline and rubbed it all over the screen. Like it was very blurry. Obviously, it was like an early access build or whatnot. To show something like that and all these people that you're trying to sell the game to are like, yeah, it's not very good. It looked boring. It played shitty. It looked like it was you're, you're playing through, uh, you know, goggles or whatever. And now they show this and it looks better. I'm still a little iffy on it. Now, go ahead. What you were going to say? No, go ahead. Uh, from the Sonic Frontiers, there's, a, there's an article that says that Skull and Bones and Sonic Frontiers are have thing in common, right? Sonic Frontiers comes out on September 8th. I'm sorry, not September 8th. My bad. Uh, November 8th, right? No, November 8th it comes out. It comes out November 8th. Skull and Bones comes out November 8th. And these two games are sandwiched between Call of Duty, which comes out the week before, and the day after that Sonic and Skull and Bones comes out, God of War hits. Now, God of War, obviously, it's only on PlayStation. Okay, so only PlayStation fans will be buying God of War on PlayStation. If you're on Xbox, you don't own a PlayStation, you might look towards Sonic Frontiers. You might look towards Skull and Bones if you don't, if you've done no research whatsoever. You're like, hey, it's a pirate game. I'm going to get it, right? You might buy Skull and Bones. If those people haven't already bought Call of Duty, which is coming out the week before. So this is. I think they've had a bad, bad year for Sonic Frontiers. One, when they first showed it, it looked boring as hell. Two, when people are playing it, they said it doesn't seem very interesting. And now when they launched the week after Call of Duty and the day before God of War, this is not going to be good for Sonic. You, you're, you're thinking too much into it. Okay, first of all, the fact that it's sandwiched between two games is perfect for them, Right. Because this game isn't for the other two groups of people that are going to play those other games. Sure. Very, very rarely is someone who's playing Call of Duty and God of War has Sonic in the list of games he's getting ready to play. Sonic is for the kids that have watched the movie and now have a Sonic game to play. Right. right? That's like 40, 50 million possibilities of selling those copies. Right, because God of War right? is probably only going to sell 5 to 8 million because it's a, a, a niche market on the PlayStation. Yeah, but you, if you have a play, listen. If you have a PlayStation, more often than not, I'm pretty sure you're getting you're getting God of War, right? Oh, sure. I'm I'm pretty sure that Sonic Frontiers is not really on your head, but to buy it for your kid while you're playing God of War makes a hundred percent sense, right? That that's why it doesn't that's why it doesn't matter. Now, if they did the same thing they did with those other games in years past, when you have like a Modern Warfare and a Battlefield and like you know, uh, what, whatever other first-person shooter game, team game, all in the same, like, week. Right, like, Titan, like like Titanfall was sandwiched between Battlefield Apex, and, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like Called that doesn't make sense to me. But like this is fine. Like this, they they want it to be. The marketing people have, go through these like these like um, but I guess uh, rationales, right? So they're like, well, if this is the week of the big selling titles, then we should be part of the big selling titles because big selling titles means people spend money, and so let's go around, let's get them when they're when they're when they're in the in the frame of mind where we're spending money. Right, it's a huge game release. Bunch of people going out buying games. What's the difference? I'm spending one game. I got to get a game for my kid. Let's put it in there too because I'm getting God of War. Right, as opposed to putting it out in the middle of nowhere where no one's paying attention to it, and you're like, all right, Sonic's out. Great. Right. Does well, I guess promotion wise, it's, it's just going to get drowned out by Call of Duty and and God yes. of War. Yeah, for for that for that point, yes, but. I don't think it's a bad release date for that game. It fits right in with the rest of the what they want. You want listen, you want a very you want a a nice variation of games that come out around the same time. That's why they kind of jockey for position. Like this past February was a nightmare because everything got pushed back to the same month because it's the last month for the financial quarter and everyone went ballistic, right? You know. But as far as you know, a a slew of games coming around at the same time. It's completely cool as long as it's not six of the same type of game. Right. Right. Uh, you got an RPG, you got an action RPG, you got a first person shooter, you got a driving game, you got a fighting game. And like maybe they come out all in six weeks, all these games come out. Great. Right. Everyone's getting a game that they want that's in a genre that you're looking for. Right. But you can't have like six types of Battlefield games coming out in the same month, like, and you expect to move anything. Right. Right. Uh, Krebsy was asking, is this released on the Switch? It does release on the Switch. Um, and and it, I believe it it could do very well on the Switch as far as with that market, right? One, you know, Sonic's already on Nintendo because of other games in the in the. Yep. So I think it'll do very well on the Switch. I think it might do better on the Switch than any other platform. To be honest with you, um, I still think it's a it's a bad time slot. I guess coming out. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to be. I, it'll, I think it'll sell better than Skull and Bones. And I think it'll be a better game than Skull and Bones. When's it, when does it come out? Uh, November 8th. All right, so Sonic is supposed to come out November 8th if they don't delay it. Correct. And, and Skull and Bones comes out the 8th, and it doesn't matter if they delay and, it. And, and does, it release, does it release on multiple platforms? Yes, it's on, it's on all platforms. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, X, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Steam. Okay, so it's everybody. It's Every, everybody. Everybody except Switch. Except Stadia, it looks like, yeah. Oh, and Switch. It's on Switch. It's on oh, Steam okay. as well. Yeah. So I, I got to call. I got to call seven million copies. I'll call it. You you think Sonic Frontier is going to make seven million copies? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give it. I'll give it four to five. And I'll give it seven because it's all. It's God everybody. of War will Every, make everybody, seven. Everybody. Everybody's in the pool. Well, God of War only does seven or eight because of the fact that it's only on PlayStation. Well, it'll it'll sell when it's said and done. God of War will sell like 13 to 17 mil. Sure. But But I'm I'm talking about first week or first month. It's going to sell five to seven. uh, I think. uh, Well, if you want to timestamp on that, I'll I'll do the first 30 days. Yeah. First 30. Yeah. God of War is not the, not the, not the problem here. I mean, that that's going to sell regardless. Uh, So yeah, let's get into the, let's get into the Microsoft section of the show here. Right. So let's start off with uh with Halo. Okay, Halo Infinite. Campaign co-op, Forge Beta, and more arrive in November. Okay, so 
Halo Infinite's long-awaited campaign co-op will finally arrive on November 8th as part of the game's big winter update. 343 Industries released a video today running down what it calls the largest content update yet, breaking down the Forge beta, new multiplayer maps, and more. Now, the campaign co-op, the biggest addition to the update, finally goes live following the beta period in July. Campaign co-op, which supports up to four players, features cross-platform support, shared progression mission replay, uh, replay and batch of new achievements. Now, however, campaign co-op will be online only for 343 announced that it has chosen to cease development of local split screen co-op to relocate those resources towards quickly implementing online updates and improving based on player feedback. Forge beta, despite the launching in beta 343 says Forge will fully feature creation suite. In fact, that the two new multiplayer maps coming in winter update were created entirely in Forge. And then multiplayer. In terms of multiplayer, and the winter update introduces a free 30-tier battle pass along with a new match XP beta. Match XP will also primary method uh, method of pro progressing through the battle pass, rewarding players simply for playing, regardless of modes it takes into the account of victory victories or performance. Since uh, 343 will tweak as much match XP to dole out based on the uh, the player feedback. Now, the real thing I want to talk about is the campaign co-op. They are bringing in Campaign co-op, so you and me, Sarge, from where you live and where I live, we can now play the campaign co-op when it comes out. I don't still think I'm not going to play it anymore. But the split-screen couch co-op is gone. They're, they're cutting it completely. And I think this is a little bit... Uh, there'll be people out there that say it's good. They're taking resources and putting it to something else that'll, that'll work out. But I think this is, this is breaking down a promise, what they said themselves. Uh, a few years back, they said that they were they missed couch co-op in, in in Halo Five at launch. They they put it yep. in after the fact, and they said yep. they would never do that again. Yep. And yet here they are taking it completely out of the game, one hundred percent now. And I think this is a little bit of a lie because they said they would never remove it again. And they were not only did it not come in at launch, but now they're just completely getting rid of it. Where you could play online, but you can't play in the same house. So if my son and me were Halo fans, I have to have two Xboxes now, or I have to have multiple accounts to play Halo with him online. Now, I think this is a move. I don't think this is a, oops, we can't do it because of resources. I think that Microsoft, okay, and this is my speculation, I think Microsoft, with their family plan coming out soon, Okay, for for multiple accounts, they want people to go, hey, well, if you're going to play Halo, you can't play on the same TV as your as your dad or your brother or your sister or your mother. Okay, you have to have multiple accounts. And this would be a perfect solution if they bought the family plan game pass thing. So you could play couch co-op or co-op with your with your son, daughter, mother, friend, brother, you know, whatever. If if I give you the choice as a game developer and I say, do you want to do it this way and make less money or do you want to do it this way we make more money? Right. That's basically what this is. Okay. I, I would agree with you to a point. I will say that that's a good rationale on why they didn't do it. However, I think on the other end, which is I don't think they were planning on it anyway, so they're not spending any time to put couch co-op in at all right so to tell you that it was going to be in there not based on the game itself but they said that on past games 
They said they wouldn't do that. They would not leave out couch co-op again. It was a staple of the game. Right. And now they're just like, no, we don't want to waste any resources on it. And then they gave themselves the reason. Why would I give you couch co-op if I'm going to make more money by charging you for two accounts? Right, Krebsy. If if they put couch co-op in, you would only need one Xbox to play the game. Well, now right. if you have the family plan, right, now you have to have either xCloud or another system or whatever to play the game that you already own on one system that you would have to get because they don't care about selling the game. They want people to get X or, you know, pro, uh, a game pass and use project X cloud or whatnot. That's what they're trying to sell, right? They're not selling games, not make or break the franchise. Remember, this is not going to make or break the franchise. They want to sell game pass. You're, you're correct. Duplis. You're correct. But I do not use that as an excuse anymore. Right. Because there was a time where game developers put their foot down and said, the game is for this system. That's the end of it. You have to buy the new system to get it. And that's the end of it. Right. right. This, this, this tiptoeing around the issues of depending on the system you have is whether or not the game's going to work correctly or we can actually do it. doesn't make sense to me why you have five systems you have to worry about now, as opposed to just one. Right. The, it all, it all, to me, it could have ended. It could have ended with Xbox Series X. It could have just ended. But as soon as they introduced the Xbox Series S into the into the mix, because they were trying something new, right. because they want the end game to be no hardware, and that's what this is. Eventually, no hardware. You have to now. We're, we're now developing for multiple systems. You're making it. You're you you are making development longer and costlier because you're trying to squeeze out as much money as you can from all these systems when all you really want is everyone to buy the next system. And so if I don't have to buy the next system because you're going to make every game that's broken already onto my lower processing fucking machine and if I can buy it there instead, which can even look crappier and run crappier there, then we're not moving forward, right? I know things are moving too fast. We all know this, right? They, the whole, everyone, every, this, this is the defense. Everyone had a 360 for so long, right? 11 they years. Believe, they believe that the life cycle of a system is supposed to be like eight years, 10 years or some nonsense, right? Which is incorrect, right? The actual answer for what they want to move is five. They want you to buy a new system. And in five years, you're buying another new system. Yeah, that's what they want, yeah, that's right? So why, why would all of a sudden, if that's what you want, you want people to be thinking that every five years we're into the new stuff. Why is everything being dragged back down that they have to release this crap on old systems? It makes everything worse. Right. Everything worse. Why? It, hold, it holds, it holds development back. It holds games back. It holds, it holds everything back. Uh, are you saying they will add matchmaking co-op? What do you mean matchmaking? You could just join. If you have a friend on the friends list, you just invite them to the to go play, right? Like if me and Sarge want to play with each other, I say join game and I jump into his game, right? And we if play and works, we play and I'll we play surprised. Halo together, right? right? If, what if, I'm if, what I'm saying is, if me and my son want to play Halo right now, based on right now, right? I have a shared account and he can play my Game Pass games and whatnot, and that's that's how it works right now. Once that family plan comes out and you have multiple accounts in your in your house, they're going to have access. I'm going to have to pay for the family plan to get 
my son, if I had multiple children, so they each have their account unless they're sharing in one account, right? Well, in Halo, if they get rid of couch co-op, because if, if couch co-op was in the game, I could just go out to the living room or on Halo, hit the start button like I do with Teenage Ninja Turtles uh, Shredder's Revenge, and we could just play a game on the same on the same screen. Done. Right? I don't need a subscription to anything. I don't need to add someone to my family plan or anything like that. They're getting rid of the couch co-op completely, meaning you have to have Game Pass or you have to purchase the game again if if you want to play. You have to have either two copies of the game or you have to get a family plan where you're you're doing Game Pass for the family. And then they they so you're, you're upping them, right? You're paying more money so your 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 son, daughter, whatever can play with you on your Game Pass. That's what I'm saying. Held back, man. It's a constant. It's it's this is this thing's been going on for too long. They they used they used the chip shortage and the and the limited editions of Xbox X as a catalyst to see if people would buy a system that didn't have discs. Right? That's basically what it was. Yes, the price point was different, and yes, the price points were inflated because of scalpers, understandable. But people, they wanted to see how many people would legitimately buy a game system without a disc, so they had to get online to play. You had to get Game Pass to play anything. You had to. So it was an easy fix because we're trapped in a house, and you you gave me limited hardware. Of course, I'm gonna buy S under normal market conditions. I don't know if people would have bought an S. Right. Just because it costs less, but its power is less, and we all knew it. We knew it before they released it. What was gonna happen? And time and time again, they keep saying in the background, not them exactly, but guys who actually buy the games, the, the tech guys who actually play through the games on both systems, they say the game runs shittier on S. So why am I buying it? Right. Right? If, if I'm buying great AAA titles to play on a shitty piece of hardware, I don't mean shitty, outright shitty, but in comparison, the one that belongs on or the shittier one, why am I playing on the shittier one? Why? Why would I do that? Ba Bass says, how many times have you played couch co-op in the past 10 years? I, I can't even count. I well, can't even because, count. That's because you don't make a game on well, no, couch co-op. I, I, I can't even count how many times I've played because, let's see, uh, on the Nintendo Switch, uh, since we've had one for three years now, I've played, I don't know, about four times a week playing either Mario Party, uh, Mario Maker, uh, Kirby, Kirby's uh, Frontier, uh, let's see the circuit superstars that I just got the uh, shredders revenge that I've got uh, name of name a Mario game that I've played now if you're talking about Xbox well that would be zero because they don't fucking make couch co-op games anymore which is also a lie because I actually played uh, couch co-op you could play what that game uh, that we played Sarge that we played co-op together uh, the one uh, no way home no what, what was that uh, no, no way, way out. out no way out we played couch co-op well, that was that game was specifically right, specifically made way. for couch co-op. Yeah, same with same with it takes two. Takes it takes two is, is is couch co-op. So lots lots of couch co-op. I used to play couch co-op all the time because that's what was great about that. But now with Game Pass and online, that all goes out the window. But there's still games that we play all the time. I play couch co-op with my son now perhaps maybe bass you don't have anyone to play with in your house and you don't play couch co-op games but i play that's, couch co-op games that's true every single day of the week with my son true, on though. the on the switch right 
that's true though because nobody's hanging out nobody's hanging out that way anymore right everyone's got their systems everyone's in their own house and if it's a multiplayer game we're playing online right it was the opposite was true then the reason why you had couch co-op is because nobody wanted to play an online game with dial-up that's why there was couch co-op right if you're giving me unlimited <laughs> unlimited internet for 59.95 a, a month that i'm playing high internet speeds with co-op that's great but back in the day, <laughs> sure. SOCOM, you're playing SOCOM on sure. dial-up. Like, that's how it was. But but here's the thing. If I can play a game couch co-op, then I don't need the high-speed internet and, and, and whatnot for all that stuff. I could literally just play the game by, hey, you want to play a game? Yeah, sure, turn it on, boom, and, and play. But, of course, like, I, I we're it. conditioned now. Like, I want to play Sea of Thieves, right? And I want to play with my son. He has to have Sea of Thieves on his Xbox. So you have two Xboxes. And we're playing online, even though we're in the same house in the same room, ten feet away from each other, and we're playing on the same the same game. Sure, that's the way it's been for the last ten years, and I get what you're saying. But there's tons of people, tons of people and games that are still couch co-op. But because they're not making couch co-op games, this is the reason we're not playing couch co-op games. If you make couch co-op, people would play couch co-op. That's just the way it is. Well, let, let's let's weigh out the other instance why couch co-op sucked. Like I understand, there's some people in chat here that are, are either not going to say it, but they they want to say it. Oh, couch I hated the split. Couch couch co-op sucked. Yeah, why? Are you, are you the side scroll or or up and down? Which one, sorry? Uh, up and down. Yeah, it had to be down. up and down. You happen to you need the vision, right? The problem with couch co-op, right? The problem with it was we didn't have the large TVs we have today, right? Couch co-op on a normal TV that we had, it's size like, of you an could iPad. Barely see anything? Right. It's, it's like, size of an right? iPad. <laughs> Like you got 55, 65, 75 inch TVs and you do co you do couch co-op. It's not that big a deal. Right. Right. It's, it's kind of cool. I got a whole TV to look at back in the old days. You couch co-op. Fuck this game. Like I can't see anything. Like I remember playing, I remember playing uh borderlands. The first one split screen. I fucking hated it. Right. I, I hated it. Right. I'm like, why can't we just play this online? But of course back then it was, <laughs> like you couldn't do that shit yeah. so couch yeah. co-op is what they wanted <laughs> but yeah. tvs now like you could you could you could actually fall in a store now and the apology for them for you falling in the store is a 55 inch tv yeah. like that's that's yeah. basically what happens now that's how cheap tvs are like oh i'm sorry did you fall in our store please take our vizio 55 inch tv as an apology Here, like that's how, that's the how worst, easy Sarge. it is to get a tv now here's the worst right I remember when they first announced the uh, the Switch, and we looked at that commercial where they had four people in a park, and they all had the controllers, and they're playing on the screen. I was like, who the fuck's going to play that on that small screen for couch co-op, right? And here I am, years later, squinting at the screen, playing with my son because we're out somewhere. And he's like, Dad, I want you to play Mario with me. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what am I, what, what am I doing? I got, I got the claw. I got the I got the claw because the small controller, and I'm looking at a screen that's like seven inches. It's like it's like seven like, inches. Like, it's like that big. split screen, and we're playing Mario uh, Deluxe or whatever. And he runs to the front of the screen, and just pushes me along, and then just kills me. And I'm like, ah, because that's worse than split screen when you're stuck on the one screen and the person in front makes you. If they don't jump, you can't go up higher. You can't do anything. Yeah, the 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 issues is is pretty much the same. The technology hasn't really advanced enough to where couch co-op is an actual thing. Like it, it could be, it could be something that's gimmicky, 
but like as a design function for a game, right? I could see why they don't use it, right? right. Because originally couch co-op sucked. It just sure. did. Okay. However, I'm not mad that you got rid of it. I'm mad that you preached from the high heavens that you would never get right, rid of never it. Never get rid of it. And then decide to drop it like third period friends. Exactly. Like it, just say you weren't gonna put it in, right? Just just own Tell it. Because they had to string you along. They had to string you own along, it. right? So that's uh what's that's what's happening with uh with Halo and, and, and split screen and stuff. Okay. The next story I want to talk about. Uh Phil Spencer says, gaming for everyone, everywhere, our view on Activision Blizzard acquisition. Okay. While we love consoles, we recognize that there's not a lot, uh, not the only way that people play games today. The largest and fastest growing segment of gaming is mobile platforms to reach billions of players where they are, uh, no matter the device and they play on. We need to embrace the choices, give players choice in how they play their games, making games more accessible to leads to larger, more viable uh, communities of players. Choice is equally important to developers. Developers benefit from having diversity of the distribution and the business model for their games. Choice unlocks opportunities for innovation, enables the industry to grow. We are expanding our choices in two ways, though the creation of Game Pass, which gives players a subscription option, and they're bringing more games to mobile platforms, including through our cloud gaming streaming technology. Subscription services like Game Pass uh, make gaming more affordable and help player help players from all over the world find their next favorite game. Game Pass empowers developers to bring more games to more players, not fewer. We intend to make Activision Blizzard much loved library of games, including Overwatch, Diablo, and Call of Duty, available in Game Pass, and grow those gaming communities by delivering even more value to players. I want to say we've talked about this for months. That when the acquisition went through, I said, you know, these games are coming on Game Pass and now it's official that they are coming to Game Pass. By delivering even more value to players, we hope to continue growing Game Pass, extending the appeal to mobile phones and connect devices. Now, bringing more games to mobile platforms, however, require new capabilities and, and expertise uh, that teams at Activision Blizzard brings in developing games for mobile platform and with, will help us understand how to create games and engage players around the world. In addition, we hope that players will be eager to play traditional console games from Activision Blizzard on their platforms via our cloud gaming streaming technology, and this promises uh, to open up mobile gaming, creating new distribution opportunities for game developers outside the mobile app stores while delivering compelling and immersive experiences for players by using the power of the cloud. And we can extend the joy of playing these devices that people already own, including smart TVs and laptops. Okay. In doing so, we will be pers we pursue the principal path, and we heard that the deal might take the franchise like Call of Duty away from places where people currently play them. That's why we've said before, and we are committed to making the same version of Call of Duty available on PlayStation on the same day the game launches elsewhere. Now, we will continue to enable people to play with each other across platforms and across devices we know players benefit from approach because we've done it with, my with Minecraft which continues to be available on multiple platforms and has expanded to even more since Mojang joined Microsoft in 2014. As we extend our gaming storefronts across the devices and platforms, we will make sure that we do the manner that protects the ability of developers to choose how they distribute their games. Now, we will continue to engage the regulars with the spirit of transparency and the openness, and we review the acquisitions. We respect to welcome the hard questions that are being asked, and the gaming industry today is robust and dynamic, and the industry leaders include Tencent and Sony, continue to expand their deep ex uh, extensive libraries for games as well as other entertainment brands and franchises, which are enjoying the players everywhere believe that they, though, review will show the combination of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard will benefit the industry and the players. For all the players and the game developers out there, uh, you remain the center of everything, and we do and continue to listen to the feedback and everything we can, 
nourish an industry all that we love. So he's saying outright that Activision, let me keep that up there, Activision and Blizzard, right, is coming to Game Pass. So all the games, now he didn't say World of Warcraft. Now I've, I've speculated and I said it's possible that they can bring World of Warcraft to console. I didn't say it was happening. But they did say that Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty are all coming to Game Pass, right? Now, obviously, WoW could also still come to Game Pass if it was just the PC version, right? You see what I'm saying? So that would be huge where, yeah, you can't play WoW on Game Pass on the, on the console, but you could play World of Warcraft through Game Pass on your PC, right? Just like they just did with, um, uh, what's it called? Death Stranding, which is on Game Pass on PC, just PC. Okay, so these are interesting little things. What do you, what do you think about this, Sarge? As far as, obviously, I think we knew that they were taking their games and putting them on Game Pass. Do you think this is, we talked about it a little bit last week, an advantage for people that if you own a PlayStation and you own an Xbox, where are you buying Call of Duty? Where are you buying Diablo? It's... I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's an advantage outright. Okay. Microsoft is trying to establish the true value of Game Pass. And the more AAA titles you have on Game Pass, which are not made up, that are already established, right? The more value Game Pass has, right? That's undisputable, right? Putting these games on there is not a mystery, right? It wasn't going to be one of these things where they would never do that, right? We all know that's why they were doing it. Why else would you acquire that many AAA titles right. unless you were going to do that, okay? My issue is with the sub-story is I don't like how current journalists... Oh, well, we haven't got there yet, but yeah, go ahead. Right? Yeah, I don't like how current journalists are using... The Microsoft Activision acquire as the reason why you think that Microsoft is now somehow in a power position that they're going to hold stuff above everybody else's head. Right? I don't understand how that's the angle the journalists are taking. Anytime PlayStation has their own title and it's only on PlayStation, they're not holding anything above anybody's head. It just happens to be something that they happen to own and make themselves. And so they're selling on the product. But because something was acquired now, it's immediately under this defense of, right. well, they might, they might hoard it, say it's only on Game Pass. And my, question, my, my, my statement to that is, you're out of your mind, right? You're out of your mind. They want to sell product. They want to sell product. Now, whether or not you buy an Xbox and buy Game Pass, or you own a PlayStation and you buy Call of Duty, because you right. love Call of Duty. They're not going to cut out the guy who has a PlayStation and not sell to him. What are you guys talking well, about? Well, this is this is funny. If they wanted to, though, if they wanted to, and we said this when they when they first said that Activision was coming, might get bought out by Microsoft, I said, there's no way they're just going to cut off 60% of their income by saying Call of Duty is no longer on PlayStation. I was like, that's, that's just dumb. You're out but of your mind. once they purchase Activision, if Microsoft wanted to, they could go, yeah, that's fine. We're not taking Call of Duty away from anybody. But, oh, by the way, once we buy it, there is no more Call of Duty. Like, Call of Duty doesn't exist anymore, let's say, right? They're not taking it away from PlayStation. They're just taking it away from everybody. And now they make 
call of anarchy, okay? Or yeah, call of army, that. right? Yeah. And they could just make a separate game completely if they really wanted to once yep. they own them and say, yep. this is the new first-person shooter game coming out called Call of Army, right? And it's the same people that made Call of Duty and it's everything, but it's only on Xbox, right? They could do that if they wanted to because they're not taking away Call of Duty. They're just making a brand-new game that's only on on Xbox, right? But but really, I think that PlayStation guys could probably just send a thank you card to Phil because if they did stop Call of Duty coming out and the only way you could play that shitty series is to buy an Xbox right. and actually pay for Game Pass, right. then you're welcome, right? The last three years, the, the game is garbage, right? They, 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 the only way that game succeeds is if they copy something that already happened, like yes, Modern the, Warfare 2 yeah. Rehash. The Madden right? football Otherwise, of first-person shooters. Right. Uh, as soon as it listen, as soon as those games went to an annual release, we all knew that quality was going to suffer. Well, it's that's always been just, an annual release. That's just the way it is. You cannot have a game come out every year. And I know they got multiple studios working on it, so they're working on it for two years. Yeah, they have three or uh, four whatever, studios working on Call of Duty. What, yeah. Whatever you want to talk about, but they look they they created a monster by making a game that sold so well. And they couldn't have that game just go on every three years. They wanted that money every year. So obviously we have to get three studios to work on the same game and release a game every year. There's no other answer. Right. That's how we have to do it. Like, okay, that's fine. So now Big Phil says, hey, Call of Duty's ours. So, so but, now what? Well, here's, here's another thing, right? I don't understand where... I understand they just purchased Activision, right? I don't know if you guys remember, but... Insomniac wasn't owned by Sony. They were making games for Sony, and then they purchased Insomniac and put them underneath the umbrella of, of, of Sony. And then they, they, uh, they didn't make games for anybody else, right? They took a company that made games for other people, and then they said, we're buying you up, and Sony is now Spider-Man's only on there. People don't have a problem with that, right? The, the, the PlayStation fans don't have a problem with that because they're like, yeah, no, it's exclusive. It's the first-party title. But they have a problem with a company like when Microsoft picks up Bethesda and then Bethesda says, oh, Starfield is only... They haven't said this, but Starfield is only for Xbox, right? And people are like, oh, it's bullshit. Microsoft... It's like, you can't have one and, and not have the other, right? Obviously... PlayStation's putting their games on PC now. Xbox has got their games on PC now. And then the third-party games are across all platforms. We had a conversation on the Reforged Roundtable. Obviously, gamers suffer when you take away games. It should be cross-play, cross-progression, play where you want. It doesn't really matter as long as you buy the game from, the, from that company that's making the game. They don't care if you play it on, on right? This is why Minecraft is a fantastic game because you could play it on anything. iPad, iPhone. PC, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, cross-play, cross-progression, it all works together. Fortnite does the same thing. And this is the way gaming should go in the future. I just don't like when someone says, oh, you can't do this, this is bullshit. And it's like, you're doing the same thing, right? They're, they're doing it right now. Sony Sony's literally paying exclusives for Hogwarts to get missions that only happen on PlayStation and, and not yeah, happen I, on Xbox. I don't like that. Okay. I don't like it. These, this, is what, this is what's happening. The reason that Phil came out with this, this is the other article that came out before, okay? UK Watchdogs announced in-depth investigation of Microsoft Activision Blizzard, right? The reason that Phil Spencer came out and said the stuff that he said during this is that 
The opening of the second stage of investigations is not a not a, a done deal. The CMA may decide not to proceed with Microsoft and Activision Blizzard providing sufficient undertakings before the deadline of September 8th. An undertaking is legally binding agreement where the Microsoft could choose to say to the CMA, for example, Call of Duty will be available on PlayStation for the next 30 years. The next kind of thing is the CMA is thinking about in the press release uh, accompanying the full report of organizations says the concern that the deal could harm rivals, including recent and future uh, entries into gaming by refusing them to access to Activision Blizzard games or providing access on much worse terms. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Sarge. You're wrong. Right, right. Correct me if I'm wrong. If if Call of Duty decides to just be on Xbox, that's their choice. They own that business now, right? They can say where they want to sell it or where they want to sell it. Or that's the, correct. They they are not they are not owed to anybody. Right. You do whatever you want. It's a luxury to play the game. And if you want to play this game, if I want to play God of War, I have to play God of War on PlayStation, meaning I have to go buy a PlayStation to play God of War. If I want to play Uncharted, I have to go buy a PlayStation. If I want to go play their exclusive. This is a first party. If the deal goes through, this is a first party deal. Their deal's and, going through. And they're and they're forcing them to say, you have to make this company where all the games are on all the platforms. Which I if, just think is if, just ridiculous. First of all, if you believe that the Activision Blizzard deal is not going to go through with Microsoft, then you think that Embracer Group is doing too many things. They own right. too many guys, right? It's not the way it works. You have to find you have to find an actual antitrust issue that makes it. What's the proper fiduciary term here? That makes it implausible, for lack of a better word, that that company should exist together because they right. control too much, too much of the, too much of the market, right? Well, everyone knows what's been going on, right? Everyone sees all the game companies being bought out. Look at Embracer Group, look at Tencent, right? Look at NetEase. Everybody's buying up everybody. This is not news. They 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 posture. They go, ooh, antitrust issues. Ooh, antitrust issues, and they, and they make everyone they make everyone scared. Like, like we're we're being locked behind doors. By the way, why don't you guys count how many banks are left? Let me know how that works out for right. you. Right? <laughs> Let, why don't you count how many actual car companies we got left? Let's see how that works out for you. And so this whole antitrust thing—it's all smoke and mirrors. They want you to believe that there's an issue, right? There's a real issue on a lot of companies that have antitrust suits that are going on, but gaming is not one of them. There are so many companies right now only because only because it's this market share of how much those games make right is why they're saying it not because they're actually they're actual in control of all those companies right it's a market share thing okay i i always find it funny obviously it's a it's a completely different thing but EA gets the exclusive rights to make NFL football games. And yes, they're playing for all the systems, but they're allowed to do that where no one else can make a football game. Okay. But okay, yet so Microsoft is getting shit because they could potentially take exactly. away. Exactly. Right. They could potentially hey, take away. Now, now we're talking about the right, right conversation. Okay. Nobody should have exclusive rights to buy a single thing that only one company can make. Whoever wants to make a game, that's football or soccer or baseball and wants to use all the real teams and all the real guys' names, you get your shot at it. Right. Everybody gets to make a game. That way, that game improves over time because they want to make the best version of that game. 
if you are the only ones allowed to make a game licensed by the NFL or by FIFA or by the MLB, and you're the only guy that can do it, you can bet your ass your game is going to suck eventually because right. there's no competition. That is a different conversation. Everyone should be able to make whatever game they want, right? You it, buy the license from NFL, go make your game. Not because EA decides with their MTX money, they come walking over here and go, I want NFL, I want MLB, I want FIFA. And they, they look at the grocery store right. and they own it all. And they go, nobody else can make games except for us. We're the best in the world. Like, no, you're not. You're a piece of shit and you don't know how to make a game anymore. <laughs> right? Period. Right? That's exactly I, Smash. That's a monopoly. Right. Well, I, I just find it, I, I just find it very... Competition is fantastic because the the best part about Madden, if you remember when Madden, I know we're, we're going off a little topic here, but uh, I don't want to talk about Madden. No, no. But when Madden was in the in 1999 to 2000 and 2K could also make a football game, they made a better football game than Madden had at the time, which then, then Madden, Madden had, make a better had game. right. And then Madden had to make a better game to compete. And they said, you know what? We can't make a better game. So let's buy the NFL for 10 years or 15 years ridiculous okay, right that way it's nobody ridiculous. else can make a, a game and no one had a problem with that because they're not buying out the company they're just getting the license from the rights. company right, the right? Rights. they're just getting the rights for the company so going back to microsoft here if microsoft decided that they wanted to just again say call of duty is ours now it would be stupid but they could be like it's no longer on playstation it's still okay because they're still putting it on PC. You can still play the game on PC, and you can still play it on Xbox, and you can still play it on mobile. So you actually have multiple ways to play the actual game, but they're not taking it away from PlayStation, right? They're not taking not it away. Not yet. Right. Well, I, I don't. I don't suffer from goldfish brain. We we can say that right now. They're not taking it away from you yet. Period. Right. right. I just don't think it's it's. It's business savvy to get rid of a percentage of your market because you are trying to force people into your market. Right. Right. All they're trying to do is establish more value for Game Pass. The acquisition of Activision Blizzard will make people who already exist in the, in the Xbox Microsoft world to have a, to have a better a better reason to want to get Game Pass. Right. Right. That's what they want. They don't care. A play PlayStation guy's going to go out and buy Call of Duty if he wants to go play Call of Duty. That's it. He's going to go out and buy it. He's going to go buy whatever game he wants. That's why it's there. Right. To think that they're going to shut it down, though, is something completely different. Right. Right. And I don't think Call of Duty, and maybe I'm wrong. I'll, let's do a chat to think about, right? If you didn't own a PlayStation or didn't own an Xbox, is Call of Duty that game that's going to sell a console to you? Right, I don't think it well, does. Well, it's all, it's all it's on all platforms. So I think you when you buy the system, if I buy in the past, you would buy an Xbox, buy like a Gears, buy a Halo, and then also buy a Call of Duty along with your 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 purchase, right? But I don't think you're buying an Xbox or a PlayStation just to play Call of Duty. Okay, okay. Well, let's let's flip the switch a little bit. So I own an Xbox. I used to own PlayStations. I stopped buying PlayStations for a while. I only own an Xbox currently. Right. And my PC is too old, so I can't get it on PC. So should I be mad that Final Fantasy is only on PlayStation? Should right. I be mad? Right. Do I have to get mad now that I can't play play? Like, I love Final Fantasy, but I can't play it 
Right. They Most don't of have them are just on Xbox. Right. Right. The one I want is on PlayStation. So now does that does that create some kind of tear in the fabric of reality that I can't play it? So uh, the No, you have to go buy Square, a PlayStation. Square Enix and Sony are in cahoots trying to keep me from playing PlayStation. Like, does that, does that way anybody talks? No. So why is it different with Call of Duty? Why is it different? I don't get it. Why I, is it different? I, I don't understand either. No, I, exactly. There's too much money. We've we talked about this in the past, Viking. There, there's no way that Phil Spencer spent $76 billion to say, hey, you know what? We're going to take the $30 billion it makes off PlayStation alone, uh, and we're going to get rid of it. No. Yeah, yeah we don't want it. No, they're, they're going to make their money back because they want to make their $76 billion back as fast as possible. And you know how they're going to do that? By putting it on fucking Game Pass is what <laughs> right. is, is how they're going to make it fa the fastest possible. Right? I'm telling you right now, man. They didn't say it yet, but World of Warcraft, if if you're a Game Pass member, Ultimate, I guarantee you're going to be able to play, not, not next year or whatever, a couple years down, World of Warcraft or the next MMO they're making is going to be on Game Pass. Right, that's what it's going to be. That, that will be a game changer. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's, it's, it's if, already happening now with a lot well, of games, no, right? But no, but, but think about it. Think about it though. The the value basically explodes if I can play. Wait, wait, let's, well, here's the question inside the question. So, if let's just say World of Warcraft is on Game Pass magically, okay, is does my Game Pass monthly thing cover for the actual monthly subscription for the game? Because yeah, if it, it does, yeah, that's what it would it, be. Because if it does. Then that opens up a whole can of worms about how 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 convenient and value yeah. an MMO would be on Game Pass. Well, that's that's what that's what Elder Scrolls Online is, Jim. That's that's what it is, right? Yeah, but but that's not. But it's not wow. No, but that's but what Elder I'm Scrolls, saying. I'm if, still, if, if, they if they could take if Wow and move it over, paying. where anyone that has Game Pass can play, obviously on a PC, unless they bring it to console, which I I don't think they will, but they could. Right. Yeah, but yeah. So is the is a fee on top of the fee. You pay the game pass fee, and then you play for. No, you, you well, get, no, you don't have to pay monthly. Right. For, you don't. You don't have. You don't to. have to pay. It's very convenient if you did. Right. Right. You get better bag space. Double and, double, right, double inventory. XP, double, whatever whatever, whatever yes. it is. Right. Right. That, look, we've said it before. We'll say it a thousand times. We'll say it on episode four hundred when it happens. Microsoft is selling Game Pass. They're not selling games. They're selling Game Pass. This is why they're talking down. They're like, Call of Duty is not a big deal. Halo is not going to make deal. or break the franchise. Right, None of these the games are going to do it. Right, because the individual game sales to them doesn't matter. Right. right? They're making they're $350 million a month off Game right. Pass, and they want right. to make that a billion dollars a month on Game Pass. That's their goal, to make a billion dollars a month on Game Pass a every month. A billion dollars a month to sit on your ass. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, think about that. Think about the kind of power that is. A billion dollars a month to sit around and do nothing. I got some more games on there. You like those games? There are 47 games of crap. <laughs> uh, but there's two games in there that just, you're going to love those games. Why don't you just give me the $25 and we'll call it even. You're right. Like, you got 47 games of crap, right? It's always 100 games. 47 of them suck. And the other ones, I, I don't care, right? Oh, oh, but you got Activision Blizzard now. You got Activision Blizzard. A whole world just opened up to you. Now you can have all the games you want. Oh, it's funny that you you, you say that, Akuta Papa. I'm on the exact same thing, so I'm not seeing a lot of people, what people are saying. My thing's on top chat only as well. Uh, so 
so going from that, another another Microsoft story. We have head of uh, head of Xbox Phil Spencer says that platform holders is absolutely planning for more console hardware in the future, regardless of growth of in cloud gaming. Now we've had this conversation that potentially this could be the last console coming out if they make the dongle and the smart TV and the app or whatnot. Uh, Yahoo Finance asked Phil Spencer whether the heavyweight investment of cloud gaming could see the forthcoming console generation uh, become the last. And an exec replied, exec, Xbox is absolutely planning for more console hardware. We're about putting the player at the center. It's not about the device in the middle anymore. Uh, Spencer replied, you can see the every other form of media. My TV is with me uh, wherever I go. My music is with me wherever I go. Uh, I'm in control of my experience, and I think gaming is going to through the same transformation, which is why, as you say, if you're on Game Pass subscriber, you can now play your great games on Xbox consoles or on your PC or now on your Android phone VI streaming. Spencer added, in terms of future hardware, absolutely. I think we're going to see more console hardware down the road, just like in the video. Just like in music, it's not the streaming that was cut off device innovation. I think it will continue to see that it's absolutely what we're planning for. Now, the Xbox Series X and S will launch, uh, I'm sorry, and it will launch on November 10th. In recent interviews, Spencer suggested that the Xbox Game Pass subscription service could play a key role in attracting customers to the console in the absence of a delayed launch. Is this article, is this old article? Oh, this is articles from 2020, you guys, that you guys put in. I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this down because this is this redacted. Is, this is redacted because obviously, uh, when you if you guys submit stories like this, you guys you got to make sure that it's it's up to date, guys. So, sorry about that. Uh, so so basically, this is this is in 2020. We're two years later. Another console could be the updated version of Xbox. That article is before they even came out with the app, the X Cloud, and also the the smart TV stuff. That 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 story is obsolete. We're not redacted there. All right, uh, redacted. This this is going to this is the next one is Bethesda with Starfield, right? Star Starfield. The the article says Starfield is going to be Bethesda's largest game yet. Now the composer, according to Zer Star uh, Zer, Starfield is twice as big as the biggest Bethesda game to date, and this is pretty noteworthy given that Bethesda's titles tend to be big. On the other hand, Zur believes that it's not how big Starfield is that matters, but what it does. He describes it highly philosoph uh, philosophically that the game isn't afraid to ask questions about what's out there, joking, adding that the players may or may not get their answers. That's not to say that they do or do not, as they're not clear of how much Zur was hinting at. If anything, it describes that the game is something that will consume players uh, and courageous, and also just another. Sh it's not just another shooter or RPG. The relevant portion of this is seen in uh so basically the game is twice the size of any any game that they've ever created sarge do you think this is going to come back don't and, care do you think this is going to come back the question is do you think this is going to come back and haunt them because people are going to play this game and they're going to beat it and go there's nothing to do i i, I want to know why everyone when did everyone become all these size queens why why does everyone think that because of bethesda makes did it i post it the, the large the largest game possible that that makes it any better, right? I'm interested in if the game works on release. I'm interested to know if the army of unpaid modders who have been following a game around for 10 years have to work double shifts in order to make a game that's released to the public work in the first 48 hours. That's what I'm, that's what I'm concerned about. 
I don't care how big the game is. Right. That's irrelevant to me. A matter of fact, I think the size of the game should be a surprise. Like Skyrim, you played, they didn't tell you how big Skyrim was. They said it was just a big game. And so the more you explored, the more you realize, Jesus Christ, I can go anywhere on this map, right? right? It was a surprise. I don't need to be told, this is the biggest game to date. Bethesda has now created Uber World. Like, I don't care. Does it work? Is it playable? Right. Is it fun? Like, I care about the stuff that matters. I don't care about how big your game is. I just don't care. Right? I see that, the, listen, that, that first Spider-Man game, a whole lot of buildings all cloned together, a few hot spots here and there, and it was all just buildings, 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 the same building cut out, the same building. Like, yeah, it's a big game, but it all looks the same, right? You made you made the hot spots and the mission zones and whatever else, but it's all the same. So if it's well used, if you guys actually have world building where everything looks like it's alive, right? Because by the way, space is dead. I'm not sure if you right. know about it's it. It's a vast place not, of nothingness. I'm not sure. It's a whole giant massive area of nothing, right? So to tell me you made a game about space and it's twice as large as anything else you made, well, I got to figure at least half of that's got to be nothing because it's fucking space, right? You got to show me something. Make me, make, let's, let's make empty space fun, okay? Show me fun. The, uh, the next thing, next topic I want to talk about is gotham knights right gotham knights just showed I, I went over in detail this morning about gotham knights uh about what they're doing they, they showed a preview on ign one of the key things they said ign had a preview of this but what really stuck out to me sarge is that ign didn't get to play the game themselves right they had the opening but they weren't allowed to play the preview they were there, they could ask questions, but they the developers wouldn't let them play. They didn't capture footage. The footage they're showing is all given to them by the developer themselves. This, to me, is like a red flag a little bit, right? Now, that's the bad moment, okay? The the good moments that I heard in this in with Gotham is that we were wondering what the co-op was, right? So the co-op... I asked questions over a year ago. I said, if I'm going to join your game, Sarge, am I going to bring my character in or am I going to use one of your characters and, and how is this going to work? So they answered this question today in the IGN preview. They answered it by saying that the host is the main person. So if I join your game, Sarge, uh, you're the host, you're the main person, you get to do the main story stuff. Now, I could come into your game and I could stick with you and I can do the main story stuff. Or I don't have to be a part of your game at all. I'm in your world. And I get to go around and do my own thing inside the world that you, that's your game. Okay, Which is interesting to me. I get the XP. I get the, the information that's happening. And then when I go back to my game. Okay. If I did a mission with you. Or I did a boss kill with you. When I go back to my game. It says hey, you've already done this. Do you want to replay it or do you want to skip it? And you can decide to skip it and can then continue on in your regular campaign stuff, right? So if you played three hours before me, I come into the game afterwards and I start playing through your thing. When I go back to my game, I play the first three hours, but then when I get to that mission after three hours, it'll say, hey, you already played this. Do you want to continue playing this? And then it 
pushes me ahead. So I think that was pretty interesting. Uh, another thing they said, Sarge, was that the boss fights in this, they said that all the fighting, like there's the main story of the Court of Owls, which is the main story, which is the reason that I'm actually getting the game because I, I want to know more about the story, not really about what the game is. They said that if you want to go fight Penguin or Clayface or uh, Harley Quinn, that these are optional, right? These are optional. You're, you're, not, you're not playing the game because you have to go fight Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is, so in your game, you might not actually have to fight her, but you could if you want to, I, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, so w what do you think of this information that I'm throwing at you, sir? You, you guys have been looking at this game for a while now. I kind of read up on it. Uh, I understand the direction that they're trying to take the game, but what I'm concerned about is the mechanics of the game. And I don't know, I don't know if it has the staying power just because it has DC. Like when you leave out, when you leave out Batman, you leave out the Joker, and you you focus on these other characters. I'm not sure that the game itself has the staying power. That's how I look at it. Right, right. You're trying to focus the attention on these other characters, but is it just four guys punching people, or? Does each of the four guys have a story in the game to tell about I th them? I think that the way to describe it, I think there's one over overall story, and then as you play through the character, you unlock uh, stories for in individuals, like their relationship with Batman and how they are and and, and what right because because what because what it seems like what it seems like to me is just the DC version of Avengers. That's that's yeah. basically what I'm looking at. So here's another thing they said. There's a day-night cycle. Okay, there's a day-night cycle in the game, and there's crimes that go on, but there's really no day cycle. So the day cycle only happens when you're in your home base. You see the sun coming through, but the game takes place all at night. It takes place all at night. So let's say day one. I'm not sure how chronologically it's going to play out in the, in the regular game, but let's say day one I play the game. I, I put it on. Uh, let's say it takes me three hours to complete the first night. I go around the whole map that it's opened up to me, and I just do crime fighting the entire time. While I'm doing crime fighting, I can choose to do like five missions and then go back to the Belfry. Okay. Or I can do one mission, or I can do 18 missions and then go back to the Belfry. They say the more that you do the crimes the more clues you get. The more clues you get opens up other things in the game, which I feel like is an, an interesting concept as well because you could do as little and i guess it's like main story to side quest like some people just play through the main story and then other people do all the side quests before they move on to the next main story that's what it looks like it's kind of disguised at right uh on top of that they also have and they they mentioned it i don't know if he says it here in the article but in the uh at the very end here he talks about there could be a end game an end game Thing. They use the end game. Like, he didn't ask. They mentioned, but they were kind of like dodgy about it, right? He says right here, okay. It says, uh, the team repeatedly made references to an end game for Gotham Knights, but steadfastly refused to talk about it. Given that the game's action RPG structure, it wouldn't be a huge surprising to find out that it included an MMO style raid or some kind of with a focus on open world as an evolving space with Gotham itself 
as materially transformed by the effects of the Court of Owls. Now, when he talks about this, Sarge, what came to my mind very first was Marvel's Avengers and Division. And what I mean by that, Marvel's Avengers, you could play through the whole single-player story campaign with nobody else helping you, just single-player. But if you want to do co-op, you could do the Avenger Initiative, and it kind of like opened up into a different type of end game where you grind for gear and, and whatnot, right? And then Division, you played through the whole game of Division, and then when you were done with Division, the Black, uh, the Black Ta- Italian, is that what they called? The Black, what the hell was that, that, that company called? The, the black hat what was that what chat what was that what was the the the, the group called from division black talion black talion right yeah yeah so at the end there's an end game right so you're done with the story and then all of a sudden boom this new faction comes in and takes over the 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 whole map so when they say there's an end game type of thing maybe once you're done with the story of court of owls or something, maybe the map changes, maybe different villains start to come in, maybe there's something else involved with it, which does sound pretty cool, but then if it is sort of like a live service game afterwards, I don't know if I like that, because I do believe, and this is my speculation, that Gotham Knight was a looter, and then they changed it to make it what it is now, where Marvel's Avengers was a single-player game, and they turned it into a looter, where I think Gotham was a looter, and they changed it into what it is now, which is not direct looter, because, yes, you're looting, but you're looking for blueprints, and you're fighting factions to get resources so you can upgrade your gear, right? So what do you think the end game means that they've, they've kind of referenced? I, I don't, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't think the developers know what end game is, right? Because in the old days, okay, end game is what the top end players do with their characters after you've played through the entire story right right which is specifically designed for that purpose there's an entire game loop at the end of the game where people with high level characters can use their characters to do activities that's what end game is i don't think them saying end game for gotham knights means the same thing as what I know Endgame is supposed right. to be, right? I, they they might just be talking about stuff you can do when you're done with the game, right? They're, that's completely different than programmed into the game is Endgame. There, there, was a couple of art- different. there was a couple of articles earlier this year that talked about, and I don't know if it was the, the journalist that misspoke or if it was the guy who kind of said it by accident. It's a co-op game, right? And it's only two-player co-op. But in the article, at one point, it said that you could play with three other people and all be the same character. And I was like, well, how are you going to be all the same characters on the map? And then in the game, it's co-op. So I, could, I guess I could bring my Batgirl in and play in your world and your Batgirl as well. But maybe, maybe the, if you're all the same, at the end of the whole thing, maybe it opens up and maybe it's four-player co-op or maybe it's game mode or something that happens. I don't, I don't know. So... What is the current release date? Uh, October 21st now. It moved up four days. Okay, so here's, here's, here's the number one issue I have. Okay, The last three months before any game is released, and this goes through the history of man, Okay, the last three months of a game that is done is all bug testing, not making more game. Right. Okay? So if you're, bug te- if you're in the bug testing phase of a game that's about to be released, and during a journalistic... 
uh, uh, gathering where you're going to publicize your game, nobody can actually play the game. It's a red flag. Right. It's just it's a red flag because the game should be done. It should be done and it should be playable. Now, I'm not saying the entire game should be. Right. And I'm not saying that little demo thing that everyone keeps talking about. But your game is done. Your game is done. So if there is no ability to have a play test, I have a lot more questions. I, I, I also think that we're, we're just less than two months away because it comes out on October 21st. So we're, we're yeah, a little less than two months away. And we still don't know much about the game. Now, they're being very secretive about it. And I get it. They're, they're promoting it and slowly and surely. I, I still hope that my answers or my questions that I have are answered before the game comes out. Um, but it does look... I, I really like the, what they've done with the city, Sarge. There's a lot of secrets and things that they have in the city. I'm hoping that the city is... It feels alive. And the footage they showed, we talked about it a little earlier today. I get with the lore that maybe the city is empty. Maybe there's streets there that are more packed than others, but it does look desolate when you're driving around. At the same time, if it's like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning there, and that's when it's supposed to represent, usually there's not that many people out, but there are streets usually that are packed at certain times. And I don't know if it's going to be like that. We'll see when it when it gets closer. Like I said, I'm, I'm more into this about the Court of Owls story than I am about the the looter, non-looter aspect of it, if it's a game as a service or, or, you know or whatnot. You know what's a looter. You, that's the only way you keep playing that game, bro. That's why I call it, that's why I think it's an Well, it has game. blueprints that you're crafting, so it, it, it's sort of like a looter, right? It has to be. Right. It has to be. So we'll, we'll see what it goes through. All right, uh, stories that we didn't get to. Uh, real quick, Marvel's Embracer Group looking to extend deals beyond Avengers, meaning the IP. They're looking to make a deal with Marvel to maybe continue with uh, Square Enix, uh, I'm sorry, with uh, Crystal Dynamics to make another Marvel game or whatnot. So that's what's happening there. Also, Game Pass, uh, friends and family leaks suggest that you can share with friends uh, for the for the ultimate Game Pass. Uh, DC Fandom uh, is canceled. There is no DC Fandom. Uh, and then Sony acquires mobile game studio, plans AAA action release. Uh, those are stories that we didn't get to. If you want to see these stories, you can go to our Discord uh, and and read. And there's many other stories that were on there that we didn't get to talk about on the show. Uh, we do appreciate you coming out. Episode 324 is in the can. We do appreciate you very much for coming out and hanging out with us on this two-hour live podcast that we do here on Thursday nights on 30 and Still Gaming. If you'd like to help us out in any way, shape, or form, please make sure you share, like, and subscribe. You can also, uh, if you'd like to go above and beyond that, hit the membership button, which we had Hellish Smoker earlier today uh, become a member. So I do appreciate you uh, becoming a member, Hellish Smoker. Sorry we didn't say it at, earlier in the show. We do appreciate you. If you like to be like Hellish Smoker, you could hit that membership button as little as 99 cents to help us out. If you'd like to go above and beyond that, you can go up higher tiers. You could also do special or super, uh, uh, super chats. You could do uh, gifted uh, memberships. Uh, and you can also do special thanks after uh, the fact. So we do appreciate you very much. Uh, yes, I am on the Reforge roundtable tomorrow uh, with Lono and Ginger Prime. So I'll see you guys tomorrow as we have other conversations and different things we're talking about. Uh, other than that, we do appreciate you very much. Please make sure you share, like, and subscribe. And you can also listen to us on any place where podcasts are, are aired. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm. Uh, we do appreciate you very TV. much. That's right. And uh, Spotify, you can also watch us in video format over there as well. 
appreciate it very much, and we'll see you guys on the next uh, next episode. Game on, guys. They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.